0: Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100.
1: Hayes, Lauren, and RJ. The Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
2: Hey, welcome guys, along for the ride on a Tuesday installment of the program. Our Tuesdays are always brought to you by our friends at the Nimnick Family of Dealerships. That's Nimnick Chevrolet on Cassett Avenue, Nimnick Buick GMC. On Phillips Highway, saw our friend Billy Nimnick, Lee Nimnick. They were over at the uh, uh, Lauren Nimnick Dozier as well at the uh, UNF. Ju uh, game the other night, the uh, River City Rumble. Guessing they'll be there this Thursday as well. So thanks to our friends at Nemnick, two terrific car dealerships. Been buying my cars there uh, since the early '80s. Uh, per- perfect place to buy your car if you're looking for a place to go. Frangie and Carlion, uh, Brooks and R.J. Saunders with you. Interesting night. Last night in the NFL, boy, the Eagles. Whew. You talk about coll- when teams collapse. I know, I know, the Jags collapsed, but it was a different kind of collapse. Eagles were ten and two. They can't get out of their own way. Yeah, the Eagles'
3: collapse was was worse, which is a high bar that the Jaguars set. But <laughs> the Eagles were legitimate, like Super Bowl contenders. So obviously, they got there last year, so and and brought back basically the whole team. Had this great draft, and so made a couple nice trades, and and so that you know, it, it, when they were ten and one, the expectation was that it would be the Eagles and the Forty Nine ers playing for the the right to go back and. I uh, and and to see them collapse in in the fashion they did, it's it's stunning. I mean, again, the Jaguars certainly on a scale of one to ten had a good eight and a half collapse. The Eagles were a ten out of ten because that is a team that absolutely had enough talent to not only get to but win the Super Bowl. Whereas I never felt like the Jaguars probably had that 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 their ceiling was that high. You know, it was the Jaguars. It was sort of could they get to the AFC title game. I mean, if, if the rub or the greens goes your way, anything can happen in the tournament. But it didn't feel like the Jaguars had the same kind of potential that Philadelphia had. Just a, a stunning, stunning collapse for the Eagles. And again, another franchise that you're now wondering, what will they do with uh, Nick Sirianni? I, I just can't believe they'd move on from a guy who got him to the Super Bowl a year ago. But it seems like from people that cover the Eagles that there is absolutely the chance that'll happen.
4: Yeah, I think the fact that the Eagles had 42 rushing yards kind of says it all. That's where also the Jaguars collapsed is in running the football. And to have the Bucks have that kind of a performance, I guess, Frank, it kind of made me feel a little bit better the way that the Bucks dismantled the Jaguars in December on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Like maybe this team actually is pretty good. I mean, there's a chance that the Bucks make a run here the way Baker Mayfield's playing. Uh, but, yes, yeah, if you're an Eagles fan, it's uh, it's a disastrous day because – now you are reevaluating everything you thought a year ago. You're going to win at least one Super Bowl, if not multiple, over the next few years. It
2: ran through my mind what you just said too. That at least, I-, I said this, and I feel like I'm trying to defend the Jags. Other than the last game, they lost five out of six. The four out of five losses were to teams that were playing pretty well at the time. I said, I said, and I do believe that. I think the the Browns, the Bengals, the Bucks, when you got them, uh, obviously the Ravens. They that, that because of the way they were playing at the time turned into a pretty tough schedule. I, I really, and, I, and I'll, I'll stand my ground on that. I really do believe that. It, again, that doesn't excuse the last one. They could have overcome all those others if they wound up beating a team that wasn't very good. So so I get that. So but uh, but no. But it, so so again, I kind of I kind of ran through my mind too. So um, I'll say this: <laughs> if they fire Nick Sirianni, and I don't think they're going to. What are we doing now with our coach? I mean, are they all just on one year contracts, essentially? i mean, if you if you fire the guy, they got you to the super to the super it's hard to get to the damn Super Bowl. He was regarded as the best team in the league about halfway through this season. They're ten and two. They have a bad month and a half, and he's fired. If that happens, again, and and because I tend to lean the other way on all these anyway, what are we doing, Well, right? Lurie
3: fired Doug Peterson yeah, three years after yeah, he, he brought did. him a oh, Super Bowl. Oh, I so, I mean, it's, it's obviously – I hear you. I, hear you. I, I think it depends on, on who the owner is. And Jeffrey Lurie has proven that the second he feels like it's slipping, he's going to make a move. And, again, part of it's just going to be what does he diagnose as – How? why did this happen? And if it's head coach related and there's a good chance that he's going to view it that it is, then – you know, he he might move on. I I agree with you. I mean, it on paper, from an outsider's perspective, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But if he feels like Sirianni is is lost the locker room, if if he's lost the ability to lead them, then it speaks to your point of is he fit to lead this team in twenty four?
2: Because that's regardless that's of what he's done in the past. Yeah, and and, and and again, that's when you fire a guy. You fire a guy when. Not because of what's happened before, but because what you think might happen moving forward. I just, God Almighty, I just think to myself, if we're firing a guy that was in the Super Bowl last year, crazy.
4: Uh, Nick Sirianni is an interesting coach, right? Like when you watch him, obviously we're watching from afar, but he's a a feisty guy. And so I think in some regard that can help the team. But then when things are falling apart, you have to wonder, is, is that the right guy to lead them? I think for the here and now, we learned for the second half of the season he wasn't, but we'll see if he has to make some coordinator changes. I don't think he gets fired. That would yeah. be my prediction. Yeah. I mean, who are you going to go out and hire that's going to make you feel a whole heck of a lot better? Well,
2: that's the thing.
4: Well, I know. That
3: I think they could feel good. I mean, because it's such a deep pool. Like, again, if it's Belichick, Vrabel, I mean, it's I can come with you on those guys are upgrades over Sirianni. But yeah. uh, but it it is – it is a bold move. Yeah, I mean, but, you're you're basically whoever t- takes the job, uh, you know that. To your point, Frank, yeah, you basically are on a one year deal, I, no matter what
2: you've done. I, I mean, and I, and I will tell you, you can almost always say, "Well, look, there's a there's a better guy available." I mean, there there's you can yeah, but this year's rare. Yeah, yeah, there, I I agree with you. I got a lot of thoughts on coaches. I'm talk about coaches. I mean, Mike Tomlin walked out of his interview. Did you see that, Mike Tomlin? Yeah, walked but out? yeah,
3: he did. But what, uh, my understanding it was like. Way deep into the press conference, and there was like a long pause, and then like so, it seemed like it was organically kind of ending, and then the question got thrown out, and he just at that point walked away. He had enough. Yeah. So I don't know. I I I mean, mean,
2: I mean, I can't imagine that the Steelers would move on from him, but there is a time when it's just time because of how long it's been. If they moved on, that's why it would be. But I will say this: he's right there with not Belichick, I guess, but he's right there with Vrabel. He'll get a job fast. He's a top five coach in the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, and, no he, and, and he might be top
3: three. I mean, he's, he's. I agree with that. He's easily in the top five, yeah. and you could certainly he's make a easily case. top five. Yeah, and so yeah, I can't imagine that Mike Tomlin would be unemployed for very long. Again, but sometimes these guys just want to take some time. So again, it's you just don't know. I mean, Pete Carroll is the only one that kind of made it clear that he'd like to keep coaching if given an opportunity, and obviously we know Belichick does because he's inter- interviewing with. The Atlanta Falcons. You're not doing that for your health. So obviously he wants back in, but uh, I would imagine Tomlin would want right back in. But who knows?
4: Yeah, I think. It's How an, old it, is he?
2: Fifty three, if
3: that. I mean, he's I the w- oldest. I w- he's early fifties, right? Yeah. I mean, I thought he might even be like in his forties. Fifty one. He's so. fifty one. 51. Wow. I mean, he's got he's
2: got twenty. He years. was hired at
4: thirty four yeah. to be the head coach yeah, right. of the Steelers. He they, seems so young. The
2: Pittsburgh Steelers have had three coaches since the sixties. Do you realize that? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Three, three coaches since. Most franchises have had three in the last 10 years. They've had three since the 60s. They had Chuck yeah. Knoll, who – 69, I want to say, right? Late 60s. He was there till Cowher, what, early 90s? Yeah. Or something like that. And then Cowher till whatever – I mean, We've 17 years We've had three ago. coaches in four years. Yeah. That's, that, that's, think about that. Yeah. The Jags have had three coaches in four years. The Steelers have had three since the 60s. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, interesting. interesting.
3: How long was Cowher there for? Like, 20? Eighteen, nineteen.
2: Well, it was early nineties. I want to say till seventeen years ago. So, so early nineties to early. Uh,
3: so Tomlin's been there longer than. Cowher. Oh yeah, he's
2: been there seventeen years. Yeah. ninety
4: two to two thousand and seven. Yeah, so, so well, fifteen years. Well,
2: close. Okay. Close. It was close. Close. Yeah, it was close. Okay, yeah. So, so. And
3: then Noel, obviously, for like thirty years.
2: He was. He was in. He was there in the, in the sixties. Yeah. And he was there till what? What did you, did you say? Coward started ninety two. Okay, so so sixty yeah. something to ninety one. You know, so it's pretty amazing stuff. So so three coaches. Uh, I want to talk about coaching a little bit uh, later on in the program. I want to talk a little bit about Hoops. The Gators come on at, at 5 o'clock today. That'll be fun. Uh, Talia Tungavailoa is going to be in the draft. Now i got a thought about him. I want to talk about these young quarterbacks a little bit. i got a thought about Jed Fish. Your guy, Jed Fish. I, I, My guy. I'm breaking down your guy. So um, I'm going to do all that. But I'm going to start the show with this. If you could make one change to the Jaguars, and I say one, it could be two or three, but, I mean, what you would do to change the Jaguars, but you can't have – you can't – firing Trent Balky and firing Press Taylor aren't on the – they're not on the ballot.
3: So it's all – it's just personnel.
2: Yeah, well, personnel – okay, it can be other stuff beyond personnel, but firing Trent and Press aren't, aren't, aren't in play. Okay, so – but, but yeah, mostly personnel. But I, but, I mean, if you ask me my question – I've said this from day one – it has nothing to do with firing Trent Baalke. I would bring in Tony Baselli to oversee all of it because I think he's a really good football guy. So I guess you can have that in there if you want. But but I mean, let's let's make it personnel. What would you do to change the Jaguars? What would you do realistically with realistic names that are out there, realistic free agents? Real, you got a plan, don't you? I, 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 I got. <laughs> oh yeah, to...
3: I'm going to bring back the cat signal.
2: <laughs> the cat signal's coming back. <laughs> what would you do if you could change the Jags and make them good? Realistic free agents, realistic draft picks, ones they really could get, uh, how you would do it, how would you go about it, how would you make the Jags better? We, we've gotten through the, we're probably, some people aren't through the morning yet, but when the morning ends, then you got to fix it, right? You can, you can mourn about the fact that it ended. Now, how do you fix it? So, we're going to talk a little bit about that. I want to get into these young quarterbacks. I got a thought or two about where the quarterbacking in the league's going. Uh, Jed Fish, I want to talk about that. I am going to get to this. If the Gators did move on from Billy Napier after next year, and it's now, even for a guy like me, to the hate-the-fire-the-coach of guy, it's now naive for me to suggest that's not a real possibility, because obviously it is. You know, I mean, obviously, look, Billy Napier may have a good season to make it, or he may be out this year. Obviously, it, it's crazy. For, so what would they really do? I mean, would they go, people say Kiffin. Okay, if Kiffin takes it, if Kiffin wants it and takes it, that's probably a good hire, but... Some thoughts about, about all of it. I want, I want to get to all of that coming up on this. we got a lot of stuff. I'm going to start with the Jaguars. Uh, when we come back, what would you do to fix what went wrong in those last six weeks of the season? What would you do to fix it? What should the Jaguars do? And again, it's not going to be fire Trent Bulky or, or fire Press Taylor. I know that's what all the fans want, but we're going to take that off the ballot at least for now. What would you do to fix the Jaguars? That's how we start the program. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
1: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnick, your friends in the car business since 1941.
2: Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, R.J. Saunders, former two-guard from the North Los Angeles High Spartans. Average there? twenty-seven a game. Oh, there's no question. And you know what? And he saw the floor. Yeah. See, here's what happened. They double him. Uh-huh. He dump it down. Okay. Smart. Hey, doing there, RJ? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, guys. How are you? Okay. How how uh, the North LA Spartans? That was right, wasn't it? That was uh, partially okay. Uh, I'll correct. tell you, you know what. Hey, look, partially is good for me. I'll tell you. I'm very happy with partially. Partially right. Yeah, I was a little bit more. Uh, I think uh, westbound. Yeah. Uh, l- what was the name of your high school? The, the last one you went to? What was it called? Uh, Arcadia. Uh, the the one before that with the M. Oh, Monrovia. M- Monrovia. That's the one I try to remember and then forget, mm-hmm. okay, on purpose. So, Monrovia. Monrovia. So, like let me tell you what happened. Can I tell you what happened, Caroline? You may not know this, but when he transferred from Monrovia to Arcadia, mm-hmm. controversy, okay? Yeah. yeah. There was a controversy. I mean, you know what? Recruiting. Recruiting violation. Arcadia recruiting. A lot of paperwork. In the, Ar- the Arcadia Ap- Apaches were accused of yeah. uh, recruiting violations. Uh, did anybody get suspended because of that recruiting violation, RJ, or No. Oh, yeah, there were a couple heads that rolled. <laughs> no, uh, but we we don't talk about that, though. I guess we don't. You don't just go from Monrovia to Arcadia.
4: Monrovia is the plant brand. Right. Like if ever you go looking for plants, they say Monrovia. If you mm. go to, like, nurseries, is that based out of Los Angeles?
2: I have absolutely no clue. <laughs> okay. Is that true, what you just said?
4: Yes. Like, anytime you go to a plant nursery, one of the biggest brands is Monrovia. You didn't know that? <laughs>
2: Well, and you say that you have any idea how many nurseries in the offseason I go to? I do. Okay, that's I mean, why I thought I you might but be aware. I, I, next time I walk up to the doggone nursery, you know I'm going to say? Hey, got anything from Monrovia here? Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm the minute I walk in.
4: I bet you've seen Monrovia. I'll
2: tell you this. they will be impressed, won't they? Absolutely. I mean, if you want to call the headquarters of Trader Joe's, that's in Monrovia. Ah, look. I have learned more about Monrovia in the last 45 seconds than I ever knew or – Maybe cord- cared to know. Yeah, <laughs> so love uh, Trader Joe's. Who, who doesn't love Trader Joe's? Yeah. The Jags now uh, finished finished nine and eight. There's some holes. I, I've I've said this all along. I think there's some rooms I like. I like the quarterback. I like the running back room. I like the wide receiver room based on what they do or don't do with Calvin Ridley. Um, I uh, I like the linebackers. I really like if you group all linebackers together, the inside and the outside. I really like the linebacker room, depending on what they do with Josh Allen. Uh, I think the secondary is not great, but okay. I, I, the, the problem with the interior of the Lions, I've said that many times, so you can kind of know where I'm going to go with this. But let me start with you, Carline. You're making the Jags better, whether it's administratively, whether it's free agents, whether it's draft picks, whether it's culture change. What, you cha- what are you going to do if you're in charge of the Jags? And, again, firing bulky and firing press. This isn't about who you're firing. So firing bulky and press aren't in it. What are you adding? What are you doing? The number one thing they've got
3: to do is re-sign Josh Allen. And so it starts there. Uh, They can't tag him. You you just can't do that with a guy that that had the season that he had and has been the pro that he's been. Uh, So the first domino that has to fall this offseason is agreeing to an extension with Josh Allen and paying him what he should be paid. And now once you do that, then it leads to the other dominoes like what you can do with Calvin Ridley in the tag and things like that. But the first thing that they've got to do is they've got to re-sign Josh Allen.
2: Okay. okay. What, uh, keep going. What else would you do? Let's say let's say you get that done for – you you're the numbers guy. Let's, you get that yeah. done for reasonable – reasonable- I mean, it's
3: not going to be reasonable. It's going to be prime well, dollars, but you've got to invest did, it. The guy right. had 17 and a half sacks last year, and he hasn't hit the prime of his career. So you can't tag him. I mean, so you're not getting any okay. sort of discount. You're going to have to pay him. Okay, But so you should want to pay him.
2: 20, 21 a year, five years.
3: Yeah, I think it'll probably be more like 24 25 a year, but okay. but yeah, you pay Josh Allen. for, you know, the first year number is going to be low. That's okay. how it always right, is. Right, okay. And uh but uh but yeah, so I pay Josh Allen and then I tag Calvin Ridley. I okay. uh, and you know, I protect so that second round pick. Okay, so but then, hold on to Ridley. Right. So and, you
2: can hold on, you can tag him and not lose the second round pick. Correct. Okay.
3: And then once the draft is completed, he can either play on the tag or you can do what you did with Evan Ingram and agree to a, a longer deal with Calvin this summer. Do
2: you owe, do you owe the third-round pick if you sign him after the draft? If you tagged him?
3: Once this draft is over, the trade's complete. Okay. So the, the trade will be consummated fully once this oh, okay. draft. So, so basically, it. like, they tag him, the draft commences and completes itself, and then after that you could do the deal with Ridley, and obviously you've already given them the third-rounder. So the trade's official at that point and and, and over so th- that's what they I think it's what they will do and what they should do but so, so you've you've kept Josh Allen for the long term and you've kept Calvin Ridley in place for at least one more year and uh, you know and then it allows you to operate from there. So I mean I, I think that's the but it, but I am fearful that they may not pay Josh Allen like I, right. I, I don't think that's a slam dunk. that he's going to get a big deal. And I think that's just a gigantic mistake to make him play on the tag after the season that he gave him.
4: I also agree with Hayes as far as signing Josh Allen to a long-term deal. It's going to be expensive, but I 100% back uh, the season that he had, the professional career he's had overall. Here's a Jaguar. I am not going to tag Calvin Ridley, but I am going to make a move when it comes to a wide receiver. This may surprise people because I'm going to choose – a 30-year-old wide receiver in free agency. But give me Mike Evans, who had 13 receiving touchdowns this season, which matched Tyreek Hill's receiving touchdowns this season. I know he may not be quite the player that he once was in his absolute prime, but I think Trevor Lawrence needs a dependable receiver, and I think that would help the red zone issues tremendously. We've talked about okay. all different issues with the Jags, but the red zone issues have been something that have plagued Trevor since he got in the league.
2: I don't think I would do that, but I hear you. I like it. I like Mike. He doesn't have a true number one. That would be a true number one for sure. Um, okay. Uh, I think we're all in agreement on Josh Allen. Uh, I would find a way to keep Calvin Ridley, although Mike Evans is better. But and I don't the thirty doesn't bother me. The need bothers me. Uh, I think he's he's going to cost you. He's going to cost you twenty five million a year, isn't he, Mike Evans?
3: It's going to be pricey. Yeah, I, particularly I, if you are bidding against. Seven or eight other clubs. Yeah,
2: I, uh, but
4: I'd rather spend that on him than on a guy that doesn't know which route to run.
2: Yeah. So what about? But but then but then do you have money to improve? But okay, you think that's the biggest need? I, I'm with you. Versus
4: tagging Ridley at 21 million, I'd rather spend 25 yeah. on a guy that okay. knows what to do.
2: Okay, I can live with that. I think you've gotta you've gotta look at every possible. Assuming the Josh Allen thing gets done, and where your where your where your cap stands after it gets done, like Hayes said, the first year you you probably have some relief. Because um, because after that, look after after that you've got you 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 amortize the dollars down the line. I think you gotta if if you want a big dollar guy, and I don't know if you'll be able to afford a big dollar guy, you gotta look at Matt Abuike from the Ravens. I think he's the best interior defensive lineman available. I think he's a really good player. I think you gotta look at Christian Wilkins, who's a pretty good player on the inside. I think you've got to look at uh, Leonard Williams. Might be a little older than I want but I, I would look at him. Uh, I, I, think, I think the run defense fell apart because of that. I would look at those interior guys. Um, I'd consider D.J. Reeder, who's been – he's with the Bengals now, but how many years was he with the Texans? I'm not sure the Jags ever blocked him, did they, when D.J. Reeder was with the Texans? And he's 29 also. I would really do that. And then I would really look at guards and centers because and, and, guards and centers aren't expensive typically. Um, Kevin Dotson's not expensive. Mike uh, Wenu from the Patriots, inexpensive. I'm telling you, before I ever get to the draft, because you know what? I don't think I need again. And Anton Harrison's a terrific tackle. I don't think I need another young guard to see if he's that. Right? I I don't know that I need to go find another young guard. I would absolutely look at every. I would look at all the what I think are the really good interior offensive and defensive linemen. Other than Josh Allen, which I think is an. I agree with you. Is an absolute need whether it's DJ Reader, Matt of uh, whether it's Christian Wilkins, whether it's Dotson or some of the offensive guys. I'm telling you if if you're convinced this is your window and and I I can tell you they're convinced in that building that this is the window. There's no more rebuilding, there's no reloading, there's no planning for down the road. The belief in that building, I can tell you is that they are in the window. That's why they are so proactive and aggressive with the defensive staff because this is the window, which is why I think they're going to get a veteran guy to run that defense. If you're in your window, and I think you are, I think you go get a veteran, some veteran interior guys. Hayes, I think by far that is what they have to do. I would like to see multiple guys, whether that means one offensive, one defensive, that's the best world, two on one side, multiple veteran interior linemen on each side of the ball to help this team. You can do it in the draft if you want. But right now, I want a veteran guy. I want a 28-year-old, 300-plus offensive guard and defensive tackle. I think that is by far the most important thing they can do other than signing Josh Allen.
3: Yeah, they need girth on both sides for sure. Veteran, like, yeah. talented,
2: experienced.
3: Yeah, and, and so whether that's free agency or the draft, I'm, I certainly understand you know wanting the veteran uh, and guys that have done it. You know, getting back to, to Lauren's point, it's really interesting. Uh, Mike Evans is only like eight months older than Calvin Ridley. Yeah, it doesn't feel that way because Evans was sensational right out of Texas A&M and only played there three years, and, and Ridley was older coming into the NFL. Uh, but, uh, but Mike Evans, this will be age 31 season for him next year, and for Calvin it will be year 30. Um, so uh, just sort of uh, an interesting thing there the the age discrepancy is is not big at all between the two good it's just, it's just with yeah it's just with with Ridley you know that you you lock it in with Evans you're having to uh bid against everybody else but yeah I mean obviously from a, a talent standpoint Mike Evans is is far and away the better player um yeah obviously they've got a they've got a problem at center they've got uh they're gonna cut Brandon Sheriff so they're going to have an opening at right guard and I I think they need more than just hoping that Cooper Hodges can fill the void there Uh, and at defensive tackle I mean you know part of this is medical like what is it will Devon Hamilton come back like do they have assurances that you know hey give him seven months and he's going to be his old self or is it we're not really I mean I have no idea it's such a unique medical issue that you know, but if you expect Devon Hamilton to come back to what he was prior to the infection, then uh, you know, then that's one guy you can count on. But you certainly need another. I mean, they'll they'll cut Fadakasi, and uh, and they'll need another big body in there. So, you know, the good news about interior offensive line, interior defensive line doesn't necessarily have to be prime money in free agency, and it doesn't necessarily have to be prime picks. Uh, they could go. I mean, I'm fine if they go defensive tackle at 17 and offensive guard or center in round 2. I'm totally fine with that, but if they wanted to uh go receiver and I mean you can get a good quality interior offensive lineman in the second third round and and same thing on the defensive front because you know those those guys that are primarily run defenders they're not going to yeah, they're they're not going to be as valued. So but the Jaguars absolutely need it. So the good news is there's multiple paths in, in solving the problems, but they've, they have to get better without a doubt in the interior of both lines. Uh, do you agree I,
2: with me do you, do you, that it should be a veteran guy?
3: I'm fine with it being a younger guy. A uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't bother me. I, I, think the, I think the coaches can get, certainly on the offensive side, I think the coaches can get the rookie up to speed. Uh, they've, I think they've done a good job of that. I mean, Fortner was mentally ready. He just physically is having trouble with the job. Anton Harrison was, I mean, they did a fantastic job getting him, you know, ready and, and playing at a high level as a rookie. So I have confidence that the offensive staff can take a second-round, third-round guy uh, and, and and make them productive early on. But, yeah, it's hard to argue against somebody that's that's done it. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, again, it's going to be a question of they've got money, but they don't have huge money. So – you know, there, there's going to be, there's going to be some things they can do. Uh, but they are going to be in some of these bidding wars, they're going to be going up against teams that have stupid money, uh, particularly in their own division. So that's where, you know, you just, I think you, you're, I think your bargain hunting is probably too strong a word, but I think you're, I think you're looking for more of the second wave, the plan B kind of guys in free agency than you are the, Superstars, you know, when the lists come out and you see the the top ten names in free agency, I don't think the Jaguars are probably going to sign one of those guys, but they might get two or three inside the top thirty.
2: Right, and and a I agree with you because of where they are financially. B that's just been their model too. But I will tell you this: the good thing is, you talk about the top names in free agency, edges top to be tend to be bigger names in defensive tackles. And offensive tackles tend to be bigger names than guards and centers. So there's not a lot of guards and centers that are gonna they're gonna be in that top ten. Justin Matabuike, Willie, had an unreal year for the for the Ravens, and he's only twenty six. He's gonna really get paid. Christian Wilkins had a huge year for the Dolphins. He's gonna get paid. He's twenty eight, he's gonna get paid. But other than those two guys, I think the other guys in the interior, both offensively and defensively, will be there. If you 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 can find a guy again, this is your window. Okay, so you gotta you, I mean It's no secret that the interior of those two lines is why they collapsed. Uh, At at times, Trevor didn't play well. They had Christian Kirk got hurt. They had a lot of stuff, but nobody would debate the fact that guard center guard and tackle nose guard tackle are where they struggle. No, I, I don't think anybody would debate that, so aggressively, aggressively pursue that. If they do, if they wound up, if I told you right now that somehow they had a way, they could find a way, Hayes, to pay Christian Wilkins for next year, and uh, pick your guy. Pick pick a veteran offensive guard, whoever it is. Uh, uh, Kevin Dotson, if you want it to be. So, a veteran guy. And they could add both of those, and maybe they can't. I mean, but Dotson's not going to be expensive. Wouldn't you feel way better about their football team? And, and, they, and they kept Josh Allen. Because I, I, I do think they're going to keep Josh Allen. Wouldn't you feel way better about that team than you do today? I would. Even before the draft? Yes. Before you ever get to a draft? Those, yeah, I, th- that, I, I
3: don't think they have massive – I'm a little concerned about – the Like I said, attention to detail. The, the coaching staff has to sharpen up. And, they, and Doug Peterson needs to go hire a, a really talented defensive coordinator and a seasoned and experienced defensive coordinator. But, I, yeah, I, I don't feel like there are 15 holes that they've got to fix this offseason. I'm a little concerned about receiver um, you know, in terms of do you bring yeah, – are too. you able to bring Christian Kirk's coming back? But are you able to bring Ridley and Zay Jones back? And, you know, you have to be, I think, a little worried about Zay Jones now. Not about he's a great player when he's available, but is he getting up to the you know age of his career where it's going to be hard for him to be available week in and week out? Uh, You know, so, I mean, in in looking at it, I mean, they've got – I'm a little worried in the secondary. But, yeah, if you told me that we get to week five next year and we're not having conversations about – how bad the interior of either line is, I think they'd be in pretty
2: good shape. Yeah, you said they're going to cut Fadakasi and Sheriff. The reality is, both veteran guys, both got paid, didn't play well. I mean, the, and those, those are really important guys, and they they didn't play well. Roy Robertson Harris was terrific one year earlier, was okay this year. Devon Hamilton obviously had the health thing, so I mean, some of it's not anybody's fault, but they weren't. There wasn't much depth behind those guys. Once you once once Angelo Blackson and and, and and Adam gots this. Once, once that group are your backups, uh, you need your starters to be good players, and, and so they weren't. So, so we'll see. I uh, about receiver to your point, Lauren, about Mike Mike Evans, and your point about about Warren about Zay Jones. I will say the one thing they do need now. Mike Evans is a number one, so regardless of how he's built or whatever, but what they don't have is speed out there. The one thing they don't have. Every time you turn on a game, there's a Stephon Diggs or a Deontay Johnson or a. Devonte Smith or somebody's got one of those, pow, pow, pow. and they don't have that. That's the one thing. The one, even the guys they draft, Parker Washington isn't that. He's more Christian Kirk.
4: Because you have to draft
2: for three you Pretty much draft that. Yeah. that that's correct, and, and and that's what they don't. They don't. They don't have that. The one guy that can take a top off. They hoped Ridley would be that. Watching Ridley, even though he never found a, a, a rhythm, he probably isn't that. Ridley's probably a two. Ridley's probably a good two. But it's too. So, so anyway, all right, we'll talk more. We'll, more Jaguar talk. We'll talk some NFL coaching as well. Stay with us.
1: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnick, your friends in the car business since 1941.
4: Frank right, Green Hayes, Carl Ion, RJ Saunders, I'm Lauren Brooks. It is a Nimnik Tuesday, and all of your auto, auto vehicles head to Nimnik. Uh, by the way, Florida basketball, men's basketball comes up at 5 o'clock. Are you nervous about this game at Tennessee, or have we not yet reached the point in the basketball season where you get nervous?
2: I'm not, I don't think they can win tonight. I, 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 I don't think. I think it's, it would be. I'd be as shocked at this win as any win the Florida basketball team had in a long time. I, I would be positively shocked if they win. I don't think they. I don't think they can win tonight. It's the last one they play, other than the one. At, don't they play at Rupp later too? They do. Other than and that, at the
4: end of the month. Yeah,
2: those. Those are the two. That other than those two, I don't think there's one they can't win. Auburn's playing at a great level. They come to Gainesville, but uh, this. I don't think they can win. I. I, I don't think they can win though, and I, I'm not trying to. I, I just think. I think Tennessee's really good. So
3: Tennessee defensively is outstanding. Uh, they're a nine and a half point favorite. So, obviously, it's going to be a very difficult putt for the Gators. I, I do think it helps it's a 5 o'clock start. I mean, yeah, I, it does. You know, And I will be interested in seeing what kind of environment Tennessee has. I mean, maybe it'll still be you know, very rowdy, you know, but with the weather and, and everything, um, you, know, you would think that in the earlier start, you would think that that would help Florida in terms of not making it so difficult to play there. And, again, it's, it's strength versus strength. The Florida offense has been one of the nation's best. They're, they're ninth in scoring at 86.4 a game. So, you know, this will be a really good barometer for Todd Golden. If, if, if they can get close to that number uh, tonight, they're going to win. Uh, Tennessee is, is a very well-rounded team. They have a transfer from northern Colorado that has been outstanding. He can score it from pretty much anywhere on the court. I think he's averaging like seventeen point six a game, and and so they they obviously have a really good team, but I I don't I don't view it as I would be shocked, partially because of the the time change and things like that. I, but obviously you're a nine and a half point underdog. It's going to be a very difficult game, but uh, so I think Tennessee wins, but I think Florida covers the spread. What do you think?
4: I think Florida has a chance just based off of the fact that they played so well against Arkansas and. Riley Kugel coming off of a really good game. I do think the environment's going to be tamed down a little bit since it was supposed to start at seven. But I do think Tennessee's a pretty good team. They were down by, I think, about 10 to Georgia late in that game and then came back. By the way, we always talk about it when it comes to football, college football. Santiago Vescovi. Mm-hmm. Is this his eighth season at the University yeah, really. of Tennessee? Uh,
2: it does feel like the, the yeah, Vescovi. I, I think he's been there. I think he's. Yeah, used
4: to think it was Vescovi, and then yeah. I watched games, and they always I thought pronounced it Vescovy. So now I'm all over the map.
2: Well, however it's pronounced, I, it does feel like he's been there a long time. Um, I think Georgia might be pretty good. I, I think. I, listen, I, I'm the last person who still thinks the guy was pretty good coach. I, I know Gator fans couldn't wait to run him out. I, still I think, don't think you're the well, only Yeah, I think he's a pretty good coach. I, I think Georgia. I mean, Georgia. Did I see where they got off to their best start in 60 years? Did I see that the other day? That wouldn't surprise me. Their best start in six. Now, it's their <laughs> news bulletin. Georgia basketball hasn't exactly been Duke <laughs> right. over the years. But did you see that? I think, they're, like, is it 60 years or 70 years or their best start?
3: Yeah, they're 12 and four. Uh, yeah. In, um, I think
2: the 12 and three start was their best. Now, I don't
3: know if they played anybody, but I mean, I think it was. Yeah, like, I don't think they have. They're like 84th. 84th in the net, yeah, somewhere right yeah, in there. Yeah, so I I haven't checked it today, but uh, but, but it doesn't radically change. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean they're yeah. they're probably going to the NIT, you know that which for Georgia basketball is a good season, you know. But uh, I I will say this, and and I don't know where it'll go. I would much rather have Todd Golden than Mike White. Yeah. I mean, it, it again if you're gonna if you're gonna give me a basketball team that scores 86 points a game and you're top ten in the yeah. country in scoring, and you're bringing in guys that own the glass. I The rest of I'll I can watch bad defense. I'd rather watch bad defense than go six minutes without scoring a point regularly well, here's like the, they did under Mike White.
2: Well, here's the good thing between Mike White and Todd Golden. They're both in their second year. They're going to play twice. We'll know. You know. We'll have a better idea, you know. I mean, Golden beat him twice last year, didn't they? Didn't yeah. Florida beat him twice last year, so so we'll know. So, we'll they play each other twice. So, But – but we'll worry about that when they play them. I, I don't think there's any way they can beat Tennessee. Oh hey, I want to be wrong. Let me be wrong. I'm, I'm rooting to be wrong on that one. Um, I want I do want to stay on the quarterbacks for a second here. Jordan Love, C.J. Stroud had those great years. Are we to the point now where quarterbacking happens fast? Now Love's been around a while, and again, I still think Trevor Lawrence is a very good player. Yeah, he had, he, had, he didn't have a great year this year. We talked about all the reasons. But I almost think that quarterbacking happens faster now than it has in the past. Does that, does that make sense? I, I think now C.J. Stroud's an anomaly. No matter what era he's in, he's just that good a player. But I get the sense that quarterbacking—we've we've had this talk—and well, I, I'm going to ask Denny about this when he comes in at five o'clock. But Hayes are in those seven-on-seven seven drills when they're in the eighth grade, right? You know, you know, it's not—they know how they, they—they know the routes. I, I believe they know more about routes than they've ever known in football, and and that and that turns into doing it in high school and doing it in college. I, I mean, these young quarterbacks almost now more than ever can be pretty damn good, pretty fast. you it's gonna, you know what I mean? I, I, I really think we're headed to a world where the young, right out of college, quarterback. And I know Flacco played well for a while, but you perfectly called that collapse. It was almost like you saw into a crystal ball on that one. I think these young quarterbacks are really going to be all the rage ones we don't even expect to be all the rage, like Jordan Love.
3: It's a great point, and I think it's because the NFL has become more of that system that these kids grew up playing in. I remember, like, we're probably 10 years from quarterbacks going to the senior bowl and taking snaps under center for the first time and and fumbling the ball throughout, and and GMs and coaching being like, this is just so ridiculous. These guys don't even know how to get a snap from center, and – finally, you know, enough teams woke up and said, well, why are we doing that? Why don't we just run something similar to what they've been doing? Uh, and and I think it's it's paid dividends. Now, C.J. Stroud has really ruined it for Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels and J.J. J. McCarthy because the expectation now is,
2: well, yeah, good go. luck go yeah, make point. a pro
3: bowl and lead us to deep into the playoffs. Cause I mean, everybody, no one's going to look at Bryce young, right? Everybody's going to look at CJ Stroud and say, this is now the expectation, which is just patently unfair. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I do think it's the environment's more conducive for these quarterbacks to come in and be comfortable and, and, and be able to play at a high level early on. So I, and I would think, that between Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jane Daniels, that one of those three, if not multiple, have a really great rookie season. And so I, I, I do think the transition's never been easier. It's still obviously very difficult, but uh, but it's much easier now than it was 10 years ago where it was like, okay, now we're going to ask you to do something at the highest level of football that you've never done.
4: But I also wonder – Is it just those two? Because there's lots of examples of quarterbacks like Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, and the list goes on, of quarterbacks who have come in very recently into the same type of environment we're talking about and haven't been successful whatsoever. So it could be that these two are special. One just seems to not have a pulse in C.J. Stroud. And Jordan Love had the benefit of the environment of, of waiting for a few years and learning a lot. CJ Stroud to me just seems like the anomaly. I mean, Bryce Young, who was picked ahead of him, certainly didn't have a good season whatsoever.
2: Is there a 30 year old quarterback playing still? In um, the, um, the the is eight Goff the, 30? The, the, the eight standing. Is there a 30 year old quarterback
3: left? I would think Goff's 30 by now. Is he is he not? Baker is, isn't he? I mean, he would left college at twenty eight, it felt like. Um
4: <laughs> Jared Goff is twenty nine. Okay. okay. That's Mayfield. Mayfield is twenty
2: eight. Yeah. Wow. There's not a 30 year old quarterback playing. I mean, so yeah, because Mahomes, Josh yeah. Allen wouldn't be there. Yeah,
3: I mean,
4: Rogers uh, technically didn't play this year. Other than no,
2: no, no. Hens I mean, the eight standing. I don't. I don't mean oh, in the league. Wow. Of, the, of the eight guys. Yeah, there's some 30 year old. Yeah, because Lamar
3: isn't. Yeah. Obviously, Stroud isn't. Yeah. So of the eight. So quarter- Goff would be the oldest. Yeah.
2: So so there we're down to eight teams. There is not a quarterback 30 or over play. Uh, I mean, we're not that far removed from that. The older quarterbacks were all the good players. Right. Philip Rivers and Eli Manning and Breeze. Brady and Breeze, and they were the all they were the good players. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was the young guy in the group at thirty-four. Remember, so but now there's there's none left. There, there's think about that. We're the final eight, and there's not a thirty-year-old quarterback playing. Think about that.
4: It's crazy that Mahomes is one of the older ones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's was, what's wild. I mean, so that, I the, that's That's kind of my point. Yeah, I saw a stat. This was the first year that we've had the playoffs without Manning or Brady since was it 1998 yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. and so and part of it's part of it's that that the best older guys are finally out together no I get that but I mean I'm just thinking about it I think this is where we are and I'll tell you something else okay there's not a 30-year-old quarterback playing other than Josh Allen there's not a called guy taller than 6'3 remember forever we thought the 6'5 6'6 that had to be the guy I mean other than Josh Allen there's 6'3 and under aren't they well, I mean, the I'm other thing guy, too I mean.
3: that's that's interesting, particularly on the NFC side of this, is none of these four are are go win us the game guys. Now, Jordan Love may become that, but he certainly wasn't asked to be that this year. But you're right, none of Mayfield the four. absolutely isn't that. Agreed. Brock Purdy is, I mean, he's, he's a good not player, that, but, he's but not that. you know, it's and then Golf is absolutely a just don't lose us the game guy. Yeah. yeah. It, so it's you know it, it does speak to. Yeah, the star quarterbacks, the star anomaly. quarterbacks
2: in the AFC. The the four star, the four quarterbacks in the AFC are stars, and the four quarterbacks in the NFL are more game manager than they are star. I agree with that, but I mean the the point is, they're not six five, they're not thirty two, they haven't been in the league forever, they're not all drop back guys. I mean, if you think about this, it is a it's a changing of the guard. Quarterbacks are smaller, more athletic, and younger than they've ever been, and and I think that's kind of where we're we're going with this. I, I'm gonna.
3: It's interesting because if you rank the eight quarterbacks that are left, I think I'd go one through four in the AFC.
2: I would, too. I would, too. Four, yeah, that, that's where I start. I would, too.
3: Yeah, now I'm not as big a Purdy fan as yeah, some are. Yeah. I think Purdy's fine, but I would. But go, I would but take I, C.J. Stroud over yeah. Brock Purdy. I would, too. I would, too. The, uh,
2: and and obviously, watch Jordan
4: uh, Love and Baker Mayfield and, and have the best week in the And, and, and they might, all.
2: yeah. And let <laughs> me tell you this. As we get closer to a break on this. So i want going to get to some other stuff. You guys have heard me talk a thousand times about it, too many times about it about that Ohio State-Maryland game I did last year. And that's where I walked walked out of College Park, Maryland, thinking, oh, my God, this C.J. Stroud guy is going to be such a star. Well, he barely won the game. Okay, I'm telling you, Talia Tungavailoa was stride for stride with him. I'm telling you, with not nearly as good a supporting cast. He had a Maryland supporting cast. C.J. Stroud had the Ohio State supporting cast. And I don't remember the score of that game. I think maybe Ohio State scored one late. But it was – to make it double digits. But it was – I mean, buddy, it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Talia Tungvalu tried to stay in. He wanted uh, yet another appeal and didn't get it, so he's got to go to the draft. I'll bet you he's a good pro. I'll bet you he turns out to be a good pro. I I like his throwing motion better than his brothers. He's not big. Neither one of them are very big. But, Hayes, I'll bet you he turns out to be a good – I'll bet you he turns out to be a good pro player. In, In this day and age, I'll bet he's a heck of a pro.
3: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because again, there's just so few spots. I mean, you know, it's there's 32 starters, 16 of those are going to be viewed as guys that should be replaced because they're not at the at the top of the profession, and so it's very difficult. I would bet against him, but yeah. I I get where you're yeah. coming from. having and, seen and him and in he's five, person,
2: and he's five eleven. the The problem is he's a little guy. But I'm telling you, he's a good player, bro. I'm just telling you, he is a – and he's never really – he didn't win the job at Alabama, so he left because he, he – Mike Loxley's a great recruiter. So he never went to – never really was on a good team. I, I, I'll bet you if he's on a good – again, I'd feel better if he was two inches taller. But he's a good player. His older
3: brother is going to have quite an offseason in terms of question marks. No,
2: yeah, I think he's better than his brother. I, I mean, I think just his style of play is – I mean, Tua still has that funky throwing motion to me, you know, that short arm motion a little bit. And uh, so we'll see what winds up happening. I'll take a break. More coming up. Let's talk some coaching after this. Stay with us.
1: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941.
2: Oh, I wasn't there.
3: One day. It's still in there somewhere. I know,
2: I know it is. One of the great misses of my life. One day. This Did you do it right now? Yes. I mean right now like eleven Jack and Coke. And a and a microphone. Yeah. And karaoke in the background, maybe a stage. Love a stage. When you want to see that? Carline ripping uh, it. I
4: didn't, I didn't get to see it
2: either. Just ripping it. Just Carline up there ripping this. It's a great song. Oh. I just hope I did it justice. I, there's no doubt <laughs> about that. There was no question you did it justice. Uh, You're my hero, Hayes. Were you there, RJ? Oh, yeah, I was there. And I was, you saw I was the one yelling, cheering them on. Okay. Is that true? Or do you, do you have any. Uh, the only have recollection idea who was there? that I have, I have no of that
3: it that is. is I don't even know how the song got put in. All I remember is we were sitting there having a great time laughing, and then somebody grabbed me and said, "Like you're up." Yeah. And I went up there not really knowing what I was getting ready to sing. Yeah. And then I heard this, and then it all clicked, and then you know I did my best to was, make magic was, happen.
2: Wasn't well, I heard it was nothing but magic. Was wasn't legendary Cubs Bears Notre Dame fan Taylor Doll at in attendance? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it was so. after the Tintin' XL Christmas party. Right. And we had the kickoff show the next morning, so...
2: I have to drag Taylor Dahl in here today. I tend to yeah. drag her in sometimes. Yeah. So I've got to do a little recap of that. But, uh,
3: but I, I will be happy to one day down the road... Well, I hope so. I'd be yeah, disappointed Do it if, again. I'd
2: be disappointed if I, yes. I, I, I leave this world and haven't seen that. <laughs> right. It, I, I would not want to deprive you no, of that. No, I'd be very sad if that happened. By I don't.
4: the way, you've probably never heard it because it was never on radio or anything, but there's a Jimmy Buffett, Toby Keith song... Called too drunk to karaoke.
2: I like it, love it. I, I, you know what? I'm gonna, but I will find it. I will find. It. I've, I've been finding some old. Even this week, I've been finding some more old Buffett.
4: It's basically like you know, you put your name in, but it takes too long <laughs> for them to call <laughs> love you, and you've love had it. too many drinks. And then
2: lo- I... It's
4: not gonna go well. All
2: right, so here I got something about your guy. Uh, your your guy, Jed Fish. Can can I do? Can can I read his resume to you? Uh, you may. Jed Fish, who just took the <clears throat> Washington job. 1997, he just got out of college. Uh, Steve Spurrier wouldn't hire him, so he went and he coached at uh, P.K. Young. Okay? Uh, that's a high school in Gainesville. One year later, he coached at the, He was an assistant coach, wide receivers coach. But he was a defensive coordinator P.K. Young. Wide receivers with the New Jersey Red Dogs of your arena football league. Great to be a Red Dog. Oh, it's great. Uh, 99 and 2000, uh, Spurrier let him be a grad assistant. 2002 through 2003, Houston Texans quality control. 04 through 07, Baltimore Ravens offensive assistant. 08, wide receivers coach with the Broncos. 09, uh, uh, quarterbacks coach at the University of Minnesota. 10, Seattle Seahawks quarterbacks coach. 11 and 12, uh, offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach with, uh, with the University of Miami. 13 and 14, he was a coordinator here in Jacksonville. 15 and 16, he was a quarterbacks coach at Michigan. 17, he was at UCLA and even became an interim head coach for a while. 18, he was with the Rams as a senior offensive assistant. 19, he was with the Rams as the offensive coordinator. 20, he went to New England as the quarterback's coach for one year. 21 through 23, the Arizona coach, and now he's at Washington. Look, I know coaches jump around, but that's freaking crazy, isn't it? Well, some of that isn't by his own yeah, choice. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I No, I, I know, but... Isn't that? He's only 47 years old. It is amazing how many places he I mean, It's that he's amazing been. how many places he has been. I mean, he's been. like
3: that Johnny Cash song, I've Been Everywhere. Like, right. that's literally Jed Fish's coaching I, I career. Mean, it, I mean, I Because it's every part of the country you mentioned.
2: Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 different schools or teams. And Since 1997? And think about it if you were putting pins in the map.
3: Yeah. You have a pen in Miami. Right. You'd have a pen in Seattle now. Boston. So that's about as far apart as you can get. You've got the Northeast with Boston. Right. I, I mean, mean, Arizona. You've got that's Arizona. That's the whole country. I mean, he's basically worked in the whole country.
2: I mean, like, it, I mean it's – I it's, mean,
3: unless he was the Anchorage, you know, receiver's right, right. coach.
2: Yeah, but, but, I mean, doesn't it – wouldn't that now give you pause? No. Really? No, because so I think – So you know you got him two or three
3: years. Well, I don't think that would be the case. If he got the Florida job, you mean? Bro,
2: he's been I, – I, I guess that would – I guess you could say all these are not destination things because he either got fired or it wasn't head coach at a prominent right. place. Now yeah, you're I, saying because you think he'd get fired if no, he was the no, Florida No, coach. I'm saying one way or another he would go do the next thing.
3: Oh, I don't think he'd go do the next thing if it was working at Florida. Like if, if he got the Florida job and yeah. was winning –
2: what if the Chiefs? What if Andy Reid stepped down? And well, the Chiefs offered. Okay, that's to, that's, that's too. What if the what if the Seahawks offered? The Chiefs yeah. too. To, no, I mean
3: he he's certainly he could leave to be an NFL head coach. I mean i I don't you. I mean obviously he's coached in, in the NFL just as much as he has in college. So
2: yeah. I, I'm going to set the over and under at the University of Washington at three years, regardless of how he leaves, fired, leaves of his own volition, three years. Where are you going? Oh, I'm under. Yeah, under right for sure. Because
3: if he gets the here's where I am. I think Billy Napier is going to, as much as I hope he doesn't, I think Billy Napier isn't going to win enough. So I think Billy Napier is going to lose his job. So this year, this year. So Florida is, I think going to be open and I don't buy into the lane. Kiffin is taking it. So I don't either to me, it's like, well, then where are you going? You know, you you thought, well, maybe Kalen DeBoer would leave. Well, he's now at Alabama, so he's off the board. Uh, Would Jed Fish leave Washington after one year to coach Florida? Absolutely. One year. Without a doubt, now would Florida pay the twelve million buyout that he has? That would be something Florida would have to wrestle with because you're paying Napier
2: a buyout as well. Is there? Would you want him after one year, at Washington?
4: Is he the best you can get? Because if the answer's yes, then the answer's yes.
2: One, I don't know that I want the guy after one year because then I'm convinced he's not staying at my place. I and and I don't look. I don't have anything against Jed Fish. But I, I kind of yeah. I get to know Jed a little bit. I kind of like him. I like Jed. Yeah. It was just, fun to cover. No I mean, and obviously he was, obviously guy. He was a dealt guy. A, yeah.
3: a bad hand here from a personnel standpoint. Yeah, I mean he was
2: he was but, uh, he was only here one year while I had the games. Yeah. But, but I but I but I, I liked I I like I personally liked him. Yeah. He was all he he loved to talk gators. He, he'd he'd well, find the, me and ask me what I thought about the gator games. Well, that's game.
3: why I think that yeah. if he got the Florida job, he would stay. Now again, if I'm not saying he would turn down an NFL head job, but to me that's if you're Florida, you can't. Lane Kiffin could do the same thing. Yeah, he I mean, Lane Kiffin could win at Florida, and then an NFL owner says, "Why not Lane Kiffin?" Yeah. and he hires was. Lane Kiffin. I mean, seventeen to me,
2: places in twenty three years. Seven, but, yeah, but
3: you seem to be worried that he'll leave Florida hypothetically to go be like I, I
2: the th- offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. No, no, I don't no, no. think it would be that. I think he would. I think he's a guy that somehow, some way, is just going to be on the move. Whether fired, next job, move. He just strikes me as got to be on the move guy. I mean, look, Arizona to Washington was a pay raise. But it's not like he went from Mercer to the Patriots. He went from Arizona to Washington. I think it's a step up. Yeah, it, it marginal step up. And well,
3: Arizona, so you're going to the big 10. Yeah, it's a, I it's mean a, it's apparently a, Arizona's infrastructure is awful.
2: Yeah. Okay, yeah. And they had
4: the chance to counter and they didn't. So Did
2: they because That's what I read that, from is Brett the, McMurphy is that, that the story? They
4: he went to them with the um, the, con, the new contract amount and they gave them the chance to counter and they said, "No, thanks." Yeah. And so they yeah. decided to use
2: their funds elsewhere. Yeah, and I, and I, and and I, again, I I don't know the guy other yeah. than knowing a little bit. I, the I don't get a
3: sense that Florida would have to be worried about him leaving for another college head job. And and to me, if if your worry is, yeah, it, well, if he gets an NFL head job, he's going to leave us. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, that's just you. You just have to accept that. Yeah. But I, I mean, mean, I
2: mean, I I guess I guess with Steve Spurrier, he left, but it was twelve years. I I think. And by the way, and this is this is. Uh, um, arrogance alert. This is an arrogant comment because of my alma mater, I suppose. But I don't think many people are leaving Florida for another college job. I'm I'm confident in saying. Well, that. particularly I, I mean, one that yeah, went to yeah. Florida. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. Correct. I'm, but I'm confident in saying there's not many football coaches that would leave Florida and go take another job. Maybe Alabama, but but I don't think maybe Notre But I don't think there's many of those. You say right. We're Urban. Well, Urban situation was weird. He didn't really do that. Well, and he sat out. He yeah, didn't leave yeah, it yeah, directly yeah, for a right, life Yeah, So, I don't, I don't think there's many coaches that no would do that. No one thought Jim Trestle was ever going to get fired. Something just tells me if Jed Fish – I don't think – number one, I don't think he would leave Washington after a year. And I, there's almost a side of me that would say shame on him if he did. And so – so, but, I, but I, and again, I'm not anti – I think Jed Fish is a good coach, by the way. I think he's going to be I, – I think, I think he's going to wind up being in the NFL. I think he's going to wind up replacing whoever gets that Seahawks job now. Cause he was there for a while and he kind of he was well liked up there um but I don't know I just, I'm just thinking about it. I, I think I'm with
3: you I don't necessarily see him as Florida's next coach but him leaving for a job that I would say is not on par with leaving the University of Florida that I'm not worried about at all i I, I just yeah. I think part of his history has been some things in his control that were his fault some things that weren't
2: yeah, and, and 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 But when you've been as – to your point, Hayes, when you've been as many places as he has, there's going to be a mix. A mix if you left early, a mix if they ran you off, a mix if it didn't fit. I know that. So, so we'll take a break. Um, what if Napier didn't make it? And and what if it wasn't Fisher Kiffin? Who would it be? Well, take a break. Stay with us.
1: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimniked, your friends in the car business since 1941. Frangie and Carline, Brooks and RJ
2: Saunders out of Arcadia, the Apaches, former Power Forward over there. You know what they did? They used to lob in the alley oop. They did. You'd flush that thing, wouldn't you, RJ? They lobbed that thing to you? Oh, I'm talking reverse 180. <laughs> He goes here? Yeah. I thought they just flew him in for the game. Yeah, that, 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 that's exactly what, <laughs> well said. Well played. The uh <laughs> um the uh all right, so let's say Napier doesn't make it the, the off chance that he doesn't make it next year. Um and all of a sudden uh Jed Fish is staying at Washington and, and I agree with you, I have the same gut you did. It's not gonna be Kiffin. Whether you want it to or not, it's it wouldn't it's not going to be Kiffin, is it? I just don't know why he yeah, would yeah, do it. Yeah, it's not going to be Kiffin. He, Kiffin is probably going to sit tight until Kalen DeBoer fails, which he will, because the, whoever was going to follow Saban was going to fail, right. and then probably live out his his live out the rest of the time there. Don't you think? That's what I would. Yeah. Think. So, yeah. so who is it? And then you you don't have to tell me a name. It can well, be what type guy. You know what I mean? Is it yeah. is it the hot guy that 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 did so it's, well at, at at Northern Illinois? Is it well, that
3: guy? First, we have to start with who's making the hire. Well, and that and that is because part it's of the not conversation. going to be Scott Strickland.
2: And you know what? You it's it's hard to believe that if Billy Napier didn't make it past next year, that Scott Strickland at the very least wouldn't be on a hot seat. It, yeah, I don't know if it's automatic that that you'd fire them both together. I would think. Yeah, but so but I mean what I mean who. But who, regardless of who, so it, so it, let's assume if
3: it's an AD that is 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 has is is either Scott Strickland or has a mind right. like Scott Strickland, right? Then you're talking about like Lance Leopold at Kansas, uh, uh the Kansas State coach, yeah. uh, you know Simon. would be uh, Kleiman would be you know somebody that they'd probably look at. Matt Campbell finally gets the
2: job because he's been trying to get a job. Yeah.
3: Oof. Um, and so you know, I mean, again, that's. It's it's I, if it's not kiffin and it's not fish I think it gets pretty cloudy for Florida pretty quickly. Um I don't think it will be this guy and I'm interested to hear what what you guys your the names that you guys have but I yeah. uh, in addition is Jimbo Fisher toxic? Like is he terribly, unhireable? Terribly toxic. Like no no one will ever hire Jimbo Fisher
2: again. Not at that level I don't think. What do you think? I don't I don't I don't think a I don't think a blue blood, and no matter how much trouble they've had since 2009, they are a blue blood. I don't think a blue blood hires them.
4: Yeah, I don't think so either. And I do feel like because of the salary that he made, it's going to be hard. Like that pay cut is going to be incredibly steep for him wherever he goes. So, yeah, I don't know about him. But I think
2: Jim, Jimbo's going to coach again. He's too young not to. He's 58. Yeah, Jimbo's going to pop up as a coordinator at – Jimbo's next job is coordinator at uh, Michigan State under yeah. Joe Blow. Yeah. yeah, that that, that that's, that's. I would not want him. Yeah, right. but I'm
3: just. Anytime there's a national championship winning coach available who's 58, you know, it's just. I think it should be asked, but for how Florida, is, how I would was Bob want
4: Stoops him. when he called it quits?
3: Probably about that, right? Yeah, probably because he's. Yeah. I public. won't be
4: surprised if Jimbo like, "Yeah, you know what? He may I not. Hundred million, actually, plus. That's what he I mean, made just I'll, at Texas yeah, A&M. Yeah, plus yeah. what he made everywhere before that. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just
2: done. But I mean, could Could you? Could Florida go get a name guy that wants to uh, get land this legendary Florida job? Well, that's the thing. I think it depends on the
3: AD. Like it, again, if it's Scott Strickland or somebody that is like minded, it's going to be let me go higher the next up and coming star that hasn't done it at this level. If Florida goes and hires an athletic director with some gravitas that is gonna go big game hunting and has been given the resources from Sass, the president, of here is a blank check, go get us our best candidate. You know, it's it's two totally different searches. I mean I think Florida's attractive, but I, I just I don't think you're gonna get a coach that's like I don't think if Lane Kiffin goes ten and two and makes the playoff. I just don't think you leave a situation like Ole Miss for Florida that's had so much turnover and where if you don't win in two or two years, you're run the risk of being fired. I just I don't see it happening. I you know, but I understand there's a lot of people that believe that Kiffin would absolutely take it.
4: So here are the odds. The last time Florida had the coaching search, Napier obviously had the best odds to win the job. Or get the job after that, Kiffin, then Cristobal, Bob Stoops, which is laughable, James Franklin, and then here's the name that I thought you were going to bring up: Hayes, Mark Stoops.
2: Yeah, I don't think he'd excite the I fan base. I don't. I don't think it'll be Mark Stoops. I, I mean, he
3: is a good coach.
2: Yeah, but I, I did just like the Texas A and M fan base rebelled. Yeah, I think the same thing would happen here. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think they would. But I'm. But I'm really trying to think who that we know of now again. If they lose and all of a sudden um, uh, Wake Forest is twelve and zero, well, whoever the Wake Forest coach is going to be play. If Wake Forest comes out of nowhere, I don't even know who their coach is. is oh, it, I know the guy that we wanted, Brom. Yeah. Now, now if LSU, now if Louisville, he that, but he's a loyal cat now. Right. He's a loyal and he's. But a I'm going to yeah. call
3: him and make him tell me no. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Now, I would take Jeff Braum all day long. I think Jeff Braum, despite the fact they were lousy at the end of the year, I think that was players not well, coaching. I, yeah, yeah, I
3: watched his quarterback. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing they won three games. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, it, I mean it, it really is. And so, Brom's Braum, a guy. Now, Braum's a guy I'd be really excited about. That that He's a A, because we'd probably get stuff because I know him, but also because he's a really good coach. He's a guy. But I'm now, that would excite me. Now, that I don't think he leaves Louisville, but he might for Florida. You might. I will say this: the uh, the Florida is this, and I don't say this is a graduate or fan. Florida has this. All the jobs at Florida have this appeal. Some of it might be phony. It might not be nearly as as glorious a job as people think. But it all. You know what I mean? Florida. Wow, I could coach the Florida Gators, even though I don't think it's it's as big a deal as people think it is. But I. That's one that could that could move you off your spot. You know, that, that's one that could get you to leave even your alma mater. Like Alabama certainly would do that. LSU – I mean, LSU got Brian Kelly to leave Notre Dame because LSU is one of those jobs that has that, that oh, my God, allure to it. And it, Brian Kelly left Notre Dame to, to take it. You know, who leaves Notre Dame willingly? Right. Well, you know? he
3: was ready for yeah. a change. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I – I, I and, and that's another component of yeah. this, as you don't yeah. know in a year. Is it
2: James Franklin?
3: I, I think wouldn't so. think so. You wouldn't think people would want him, or you wouldn't think he'd do it? I would think there probably would be some interest. If, if, let's assume Penn State has their usual, we beat the bad teams and we lose to all the good teams.
2: 9-3, 10-2.
3: 9-3, and, you know, but again, in this landscape, they probably are in the playoffs. But would, would, um, would
2: James Franklin think, if I get – I've gotten to Penn State as far as I can get him. He's
3: somebody that I could see having the Brian Kelly. It's gotten stale here, yeah, I need to find my next place yeah. and he
4: used to coach in the s e c so yeah. he understands it
2: right right
3: he's a pretty good coach he though. is a good coach he, I mean, he's pretty good i coach. would I wouldn't have any problems yeah. with James yeah. Franklin yeah. um he's a great recruiter and uh and yeah, what he did at Vanderbilt was staggering um yeah. you know again, we could be a year away from Lincoln Riley being available, yeah. and then yeah. you have to ask yourself, are you willing to forgive him for it not going? All that well at I'd USC. Be, I'd, I'd be all over that. I'd, yeah, absolutely. And Lincoln Riley reportedly had interest in so, the Florida. So job.
2: that's the question: is, is it Lincoln Riley, James Franklin, or is it Chris Klein and Lance Leopold? Because right. because those are two. That that's the that's really the conversation because those those are the two levels. Right. Those are two, they're all four good coaches, but clearly they're all four very good coaches. But it's a different. Which and, guy do you get?
4: And resources play a part of this. To get James Franklin, you're going to have to spend top dollar, whether or not he's won a national championship, which he hasn't. I agree with that. To get the up-and-coming guys, it all depends on how much of Billy Napier's buyout. Did you have to pay the 85%? How much more money is in the coffers to spend on the next guy? The
2: one thing I learned from Florida State, everybody talked about how, how Florida State is out of money, out of money, out of money, poor, poor, poor. But when it came time to go re-up Mike Norvell, they found the money. When it came time to do buyout, they found the buyout. And so I think Florida State, Florida State proved Florida will find the money. Because one place money comes is excited booster guy. And you know who excited booster guy and excited donor guy is most excited about? New guy. Every everybody loves New Guy. You know, you know who's gonna win the national championship? New guy. You know who's gonna who's gonna change the fortunes and wind up in the Ring of Honor one day? New guy. Everybody that's why the people that are That are charter members of FFA, FFA does not mean what, Lauren? What does it does not mean?
4: Future Farmers of America. It does
2: not mean that. It means firing fixes all, which is by the way a growing club. It's like the biggest growing club in America. Well, everyone, every charter member of FFA, you know who they love more than anybody? New guy, right? So you'd find the money, presumably.
3: I think Florida would find the money, yeah. And and again, I think the president is athletics geared, so I think he would do. Whatever it takes. So again, I, I think if if it doesn't work out with Napier, I, I think you're gonna see Ben Sass go heavy on getting a frontline athletic director that's that's done it at a really high level. And I think he's then gonna arm that athletic director with the mission statement of, here's all the money in the world, but I want somebody who's done it at a high level and done it well. Okay. I don't think that I don't think Florida's next hire is the Coastal Carolina coach or the App State coach. I I, I think it is going to be somebody that, I I mean, now they could get turned down, but I I think their first two or three calls are going to be big, big
2: calls. We'll take a break. We'll talk to the NFL when we come back, including more about coaching. Stay with us.
1: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nymnic Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnick, your friends in the car business since 1941. Welcome back on this Nimnick Tuesday.
4: The Jaguars job is not open, but there are several around the NFL that are. Bill Belichick, according to some rumors, is looking to coach a talented but underachieving football team per Jeremy Fowler. That could be which teams, Frank? The Falcons, the Chargers?
2: Well, I think yeah, yes, they're both talented. Um, the Cowboys are more talented than both of them. The Cowboy thing's interesting. I get the impression reading all the stuff today that McCarthy's not out. Don't I? And it's too early to say. And I could think that, and, and he, the pink slip comes in an hour. But I get the. I told you yesterday, I, I would. I think he's out, but I'm not positive of it. You said you'd be shocked if he's not still feel that way. I do.
3: Although I will say like the fact that he survived the first 24 hours, uh, boosts his odds of survival. But I would, uh, I would still anticipate that what, this is what I think is happening because the league is so meticulous in everything they do. And they have figured out that while the playoffs are spectacular, the public doesn't really like breaking down the playoff games like the markets do. The individual eight, they'll break down their market all week. But the other markets really don't. I mean, it'll come up you know, during the week and the national shows will talk about it some. What they really want is the coaching carousel. And so I think the NFL has seized upon that and said in one of the meetings, hey, let's take the foot off the accelerator on these searches and let's draw them out a little bit more. Because we're the talk of sports, and it's really not because of our postseason. I mean, everybody watches, and our ratings are great, but like, really the conversation during the week is more geared around where are these coaches going to go. So whether it's by design or whether it's just happening more organically, it feels like all these searches have really slowed compared to years past. And because of that, the decisions on the coach that's in place – I think have slowed down to some extent. So I uh, I still think he's fired. Uh, but this could be Dallas just saying, "Hey, people are talking about us, and it's not for the reasons that we would want." But they are talking about us, and let's play off of that. And and so you know, I still think he's fired. My guess is it'll come uh, either tonight or tomorrow if he survives by Thursday. If we're doing Thursday show and McCarthy has not been fired then I would be, at that point, I'd be kind of surprised if he was. Uh, the Joneses, I think, have said they're not going to speak publicly this week. So, that's um, shocking. Yeah, which obviously that's going to be the the giveaway is, uh, you know, whenever they speak. But I, I would imagine that he's fired, but I will say that it, it bodes well for him that it has not happened yet.
4: Yeah, if I'm a head coach and you're going to fire me, please do it right away. I don't want to be sitting here wondering about my future for days upon days and reading all the rumors out there. I'd rather know up front. Uh, Mike Tomlin, by the way, Frank, the update is that he met with his players and said he is not going to take a break. He will be their coach next yeah, year.
2: He's got one more year in his contract, and I'd be very surprised if he wasn't the coach next year. So let's look at these jobs. If if And by the way, I think McCarthy – I think McCarthy's got to know now. I, I can't believe this much time has passed and the Joneses who like him, I personally like him, is letting him still want. I, I, my guess oh, yeah, is. Yeah,
3: you got to do exit interviews. Yeah. You've got to give players right. feedback. Correct. And yeah. it's hard to do
2: that if you don't know if what their yeah. status is. So I'm guessing the more I hear it, the more I think he's probably not out. But let's say McCarthy stays. Let's say Harbaugh gets the Chargers, which I still think is going to happen. That does send Belichick to the Falcons, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess he could. I guess does Bill Belichick go through the interview, the ring of interviews? I just it doesn't sound like he goes. Uh, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't sound like to me that he goes through the ringer, does it?
4: No, I think he's going to only meet with the teams that he wants to coach. Yeah, and so
2: so that almost tells me Belichick to the Falcons, Harbaugh to the Chargers, McCarthy stays. And then you have all the Slowick to the Titans and Rabel somewhere. Somewhere to the Seahawk. Commanders, and Slowick's
4: getting requested to interview lots of places. So he may Who? It, Bobby Slowick. It may yeah, be yeah. that he gets to choose, and maybe That's he doesn't right. choose the Titans. Could could be he could, could. choose the Seahawks yeah. or whomever else.
2: Yeah, if he does get to choose, a lot of it will come down to what he thinks of of the, the quarterback situation. Sure. Does he like Will Levis? So, but 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 we'll see. I, I will say this: um, if Mike Tomlin wasn't back. He would be such a hot candidate to go anywhere. He he might be. I don't think he'd be ahead of Belichick or Harbaugh, but he'd be right there, man. If if all of a sudden Pittsburgh moved on, and all of a sudden it's Belichick, Harbaugh, Tomlin, Vrabel, Slowick, That's your that's your crop. Oh boy, that's a that's a good list of candidates, isn't it? It
3: absolutely is. And again, I think Pete Carroll is is a wild card in this thing. I mean. Obviously, he's not going to be there 10 years. It's the same thing. You know that about Belichick, too. But if you're an organization looking to sort of just rebuild who you are, like if you're the Washington Commanders and you've got new ownership and you just hired a new GM and it's been so broken there for decades under the old owner, Daniel Snyder, like to me that makes sense. You put Pete Carroll in for like three years. He, he he gets your culture moving the right way, and he's an excellent coach as well. And uh, I, you know, I think it would, I think it would make sense for Washington. But it's striking to me that like no one wants Pete Carroll because I, I mean, again, he did a magnificent job after the Russell Wilson trade. What he was able to get out of Geno Smith, I agree. Defensively, he's still uh, as sharp as as anyone around. So. It doesn't make sense if you're like a young team. Like I, I get why like Tennessee, it wouldn't really make sense for, um, you know, but a but a team like Washington that I think is just needs to sort of be put on the right path. It'd be he'd be a good hire for Carolina too. They're young, but Carolina needs some stability. Yeah, what happens? There? Credibility. They yeah. need Tepper <clears throat> needs to kind of put his trust into a coach and say, all right, kind of show me how this is supposed to look for a few years so that I can kind of get my bearings. Because obviously, he's been a disaster in terms of not, per, you know, but just from a, the football operational standpoint.
2: Yeah, I don't think you're going to see Pete Carroll interviewing three places. I think you're either he's done or you're going to look up and, oh, wow, he just got the commander's job. You just gonna, You're going to look up and he's the coach, don't you think? I, I don't I, – I would – so so we'll see. I, but I haven't
4: is, seen him linked to any. Yeah,
2: I either haven't either. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think he's going to coach again. But if he does, it won't be linked or interviewed. It's going to be, wow, the Titans just shocked the world and announced that Pete Carroll's their coach. That's, that's how I think it would go. That's
3: why it was so strange seeing, like, the Falcons tweeting about we have completed our interview with Bill Belichick because it just doesn't seem like that's either – either you're going to hire Bill Belichick or you're not. It, right. it just doesn't seem like. That's
2: really surprised me. I mean, really yeah, you surprised. would
3: have like a formal interview
2: with Bill <laughs> Belichick. I, I, told, I told you the Bobby Bowden story. Late 80s, Bobby Bowden always wanted to be the Alabama coach. It's when they hired Stallings or whoever. And, and Bowden got a call from Alabama. He, 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 he knew Alabama wanted him to call him back. Brad Scott and Mark Richt and all those guys, their wives were looking for real estate in Tuscaloosa. They thought they were going. Brad Scott told me the story. He so said, we thought we were going. We were convinced, coach told us, be thinking about Tuscaloosa. And then the, the Alabama, whether it was the AD or whoever called him and said, Yeah, coach, we'd, we'd like you to interview for the job. We think the world of you would like you to interview for the job. And Bowden said, You'd like me to what? So we'd like you to interview for the job. And Bowden said, Nah, I'm good at Florida State. That, that, that's a true story. If they'd offered him the job, he was coming. And so, and uh, Florida State did okay in the 90s, by the way. So they might have got that one wrong. Yeah. But, but I mean, that's hundred percent true story. Well, and again, I, know, I, I know for a fact that happened. Brad Scott told me the whole story.
3: Right, and I get that the Falcons, I'm sure, have some questions about Belichick and how they would go about implementing it. But you could have had that discussion without like right. having this quote formal interview. So it, it, it's just and, it's they been annu- a, and they announced the interview, right? I mean, so it wasn't just rumor. Yeah, it's absolutely so. It's just been it's been curious so far. But again. It does make me wonder. These things used to happen fast. It was a fast process because yeah. owners were afraid of, you know, well, I need to get out there and get my guy. But, it, again, that's why it, it almost feels like this must be staged in a sense, like that, yes, yes, that they've been it. told, hey, this does really good for us in terms of the conversation or, and exposure. So
2: or, or feel free to take three weeks. Or they're not getting him, and they want to tell their constituency, at least we tried. Right. Yeah, at, le- at least at least they found fa- if they found out he doesn't want the job, rather than finding out that they just went and settled for coordinator from the forty ers guy who nobody knows, look, we tried to get Belichick right. the interview. So you know what I mean? I, yeah. think, I think And my know.
3: argument is not an NFL is scripted. It's not scripted. <laughs> yeah. My argument is that they do try to manipulate the media as they should for to maximize their coverage. And we've talked about it. They've dominate the calendar and it is it is interesting to me that the playoff games get talked about, but it I mean I feel like on our show don't you feel like we talk probably more about the carousel than we do, sure we do. breaking down the games yeah. and it seems like you watch you listen to you know other it it that just it seems like that's sort of what pe- more people are interested in than and I think the league's picked up on that so I again, think especially
4: this year because of the names that are available absolutely. Like, the fact that they get ESPN or whomever can keep mentioning Bill Belichick and where does he land, and that's why I was laughing earlier because I saw one of the GIFs of, like, Belichick, who are your references? And he just, you know, shows his <laughs> right, rings. rings. Like, right, I right. don't need references.
2: Which is perfect. The, the, well, that was the old – Bianchi wrote this story about Spurrier one time, and uh, and it wasn't really true, but they talked about hiring Spurrier back. You remember this story? Mm-hmm. Bianchi said after, after the Zook thing they should hire him back. And someone said someone could asked, Co- Coach, can you send me a resume? He said, my resume's in the trophy case. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> so some people later on believe that really happened. It didn't really happen. It was yeah. just a Bianchi column. So All right, Lauren's going to go uh, do Helmets and Heels along with T- uh, Mia and Taylor. Uh, Denny Thompson's going to joke. When Denny comes back, we got some fun topics. We're going to go through next year's State of Florida quarterbacks. Who's got the best one? We're going to go through next year's SEC quarterbacks and rank them. All that and more. Do a lot of fun stuff. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
1: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings.
2: Now, the
0: quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. Okay, bring it in. Brought to you by Tyson Sound and Security. Register Sausage. And George
2: Moore Chevrolet. One, two, three. Hey! I think it's Almost like this, I asked the important question of Hayes Carline. Did you bring Denny a sausage yet? I have not. What the thought hell, man? He comes in here. He's, he's, he's ready to go. He's, it's he's, he's, delicious, too. He's, he's it's warmed like up. He's I don't even know what i got to do with this. I think he was, these
0: are fictional sausages.
3: He, he, was,
2: he was doing calisthenics. He was doing jumping jacks for this, all for the segment. You didn't yeah. bring him the sausage.
3: Hey, you can get registered sausage at Publix or Winn-Dixie, but we will bring you <laughs>
2: I don't think you can. I need somebody to verify that for me. It is really good, really, really good <laughs> sausage. Hey, how are you? Good to see you. I'm good. Uh, I, I want to, I'm going to get to this last segment. I want a very serious note before we talk quarterbacks with Denny, and I meant to do this uh, a minute ago. I just saw a tweet now that came out from some folks in Tallahassee that Carol Martin, the wife of legendary uh, baseball coach Mike Martin, uh, says, has, has told folks that he's in hospice care. Um, Mike's had some health, health issues uh, ever since he stepped down at FSU, one of the classiest people you'll ever meet, One of the, one of the best college baseball coaches really of all time. It's a crime that he never got a title, but uh, certainly prayers for the Martin family is uh, as they go through this. Without a doubt, very
3: well said. Uh, an icon and uh, and and one of the best ambassadors that the
2: sports ever had. So. You're, you're not a college baseball guy, but I know you follow it. Mike Martin about as good as it
0: got. Oh, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. I mean, that it's just a fixture. Yeah. yeah Think about yeah. those old baseball days. Him no. and and the Texas coach was it Augie Augie Garrido. Yeah, yeah like good point. Just, yeah, what that's a great. Right. Mississippi State had a good run. Like, just those guys are the fixtures what built that sport. You're right.
2: Ron Polk at Mississippi Mm -hmm. State. Um, Certainly, uh, Ron Fraser at Miami. You're Mm -hmm. you're exactly right. I saw some quarterbacks a little bit. I want to do this State of Florida quarterbacks Graham Mertz, Cam Ward, DJ Ui Angalale, KJ Jefferson, and whoever's at USF. Should I know that? Should I know the USF guy? I
0: Um, I should. Yeah, I don't but know. But his that. name has escaped me. He's a good player, though. His He's, name has escaped me. But I should they, know. Him. They
2: did have the Miami transfer guy, but he wasn't.
0: They had the kid that came from Baylor. Um, and that's then right, the, the younger Baylor kid guy. that's a freshman last year beat him out and is a really good player. And we were just talking about him in Torque today, and I can't remember his name. No, Jerry Bohannon is who he. kid beat. That was the, that was the out. Baylor guy, yeah. right? That's, right. So, that's yeah. right. Yeah, but anyway, go ahead.
2: Rank him.
3: Oh, I can't do that. I'll you don't do
2: that for me? Want me to rank him? Want me to rank him?
0: I mean, Cam's one. Okay.
3: Yeah, how about that? What a coup for Miami. Were yeah. you surprised by that? What, what, yeah. Okay, if, if you
2: if you weren't ranking if, if 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 somebody else other than us was ranking him, Cam would be one. Yeah. Right? I mean, wouldn't he? I, mean, I, I think, think so. He, he's the only guy in this group that considered the, the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Then who? Mertz? Because he's the head of DJ, right? Are we I talking wouldn't... about
0: for our college team? We talking about uh, What are we talking yeah, about here? For, for our ne- college for, team? For, for, for next year in college. For our next year in college team, yeah, I'd put Mertz second.
2: I think I would, too.
0: Then
3: Jefferson.
2: Then I'm torn between Jefferson and Young. I was
0: impressed with
3: Jefferson when I saw him in the yeah. swamp. But Did you that was... would you put him ahead of Mertz?
2: Would you have him ahead of Mertz?
3: No, but because I don't think he. I, I like Mertz's efficiency. Yeah. But I will say Jefferson just running straight up the
0: middle. Yeah. Florida could not handle it. Yeah. Well, and that's what he's gonna do at UCF, right. right? Like, I mean, Gus is gonna use him the way he's used quarterbacks in the past, so he'll probably be highly productive. I, 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 I'm not the biggest DJ guy. But I've never seen DJ throw live and in person. I've heard yeah, it's, it's yeah. very impressive. But I think it's a good year for quarterbacks, though. I mean, all of a sudden, it you look good. up.
2: All veteran guys. I, I By the way, I'm not a DJ guy, and I had one of his games. Yeah, And I, w- I thought the game I had, Jeff Sims was a better player. Yeah. The game I had last year's Monday nighter between Georgia Tech and Clemson, not this year, uh, the right. 2020, uh, 2022 season, Jeff Sims was the better of the two quarterbacks. Now, And Jeff has had troubles, as you know, because he's one of your guys. But uh, but uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't big on DJ.
0: Yeah, I, and I don't know, like I haven't seen a ton of him, so I hate to do that. But I am a obviously a big fan of Cam, um, and I was surprised. I, I mean, we, I was gone like last part of last week um, with Angie stuff, and I come back, and Will Rogers in the portal again, yeah, and there's Cam, yeah. in Miami. I'm like, what happened? I was gone two days.
2: What did happen on the Cam thing? Because you, you, he's one of your guys. What yeah, I don't, I don't, know.
0: I honestly, I don't know. I, I, um, I mean, he. Obviously, was talking to Will and and those guys, and and I guess that they just felt like it was a good situation to go into, and and then the other thing too, I think when you look at Cam, and there's not a lot of people around here that know Cam, but he's he is like a late bloomer, but a really talented guy. So in a year, he could really improve his draft stock um, by going back, and I guess just you know like we've talked about before, I guess the money was good enough to where it made it. Worth it to do so.
3: Yeah. And uh yeah, it's a, it's, a, I mean, you got to tip your hat to the Hurricanes because they were looking like it was kind of a desperate situation. No doubt. They go from that to now, I mean, he could be the difference in three
0: wins. Oh, no doubt. Without yeah. without
3: question. Is I mean, he that,
2: possibly great, Denny? I mean, he's good. I mean, could, could he, could you all of a sudden look up and he has a Jaden Daniels season?
0: Yeah. That, I don't know enough about their team around him, yeah, but yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, there's something to him when you watch him. He's very sudden. He's very powerful. Um, he's got a big engine all the things that you want, that you can't teach, he's got. So if they can figure out how to use him down
2: there, yeah, I think he could have a huge year. I mean, I got I to tell you, Hayes, I, I thought Jaden Daniels was okay the year before. I, was, I thought he was good at being a mm-hmm. quarterback. I never saw this season Oh, coming. yeah, well, I mean, I mean it's one yeah. of the best we've ever seen well, statistically. And one you never saw. I mean, if Caleb Williams had had this season, you would have seen it coming. I never saw this season coming.
3: From no, and, and again, that's what makes it so fun is somebody will have a year this coming fall that we're all like, I can't, maybe it's – it, maybe it's DJ at FSU. I mean, it, who knows? But because uh, it seems like they're kind of bunched together. Like, it doesn't seem like there's great separation
0: in this group. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I mean, I was looking at the class today. Um, I was texting with somebody else in the same field as I'm in, and we were talking about it. And, and you look at the production that this class of guys had. It's insane. A lot of years, like even last year, we were talking about Will and Anthony who didn't have a ton of production. But now all of a sudden you look at Penix and you look at Knicks and you look at Austin Reed even and you look at all these guys that we're talking about, man, they have produced for years. So there's a ton of film to go through. Now next year's class, not quite like that. So next year's class, maybe you could sneak up and, and, and find something.
2: What about Penix? What's he going to be?
0: You, if you ask 10 people, you get 10 different answers. Okay. Um, okay. And, and I don't know what people's – I don't know like NFL's – Thought on him, what my thought on him is, is I think he's a very talented player. I think he will play in the NFL. Um, I, didn't, I didn't watch enough ball to see him make enough throws that I just went, oh, my gosh. And you've got to see that. Like, that's very important at the college levels. You've got to have some holy cow throws. I didn't see enough of them largely because the way they schemed it. He was throwing to open guys a lot of
2: times. I'm guilty of thinking he's not going to be great because he's Tua, and he's probably not Tua. But he plays just like him, you know. I mean, he's throwing, bigger. I mean, he's bigger. He's, his throwing motion seems similar. He's definitely bigger.
0: If he wasn't left-handed, what would we think about him? I know that that's truly the case and for if, him. And if
2: Tua wasn't in the league, I mean, to, don't you see Tua? Wait, when is, you is see him are a you bit?
0: saying you that being Tua is a bad thing?
2: Yeah, yeah to me it is because I think Tua short arms the ball. I, I see all these guys with these big arms and his big throwing motion, and it looks funky to me. Mm-hmm, Do mm-hmm. you? know?
0: No, no, no. I was just curious how you were wording yeah, that
2: because yeah. I, I say I say. I say Panic's good not great because he strikes me as as another tua who I mean in my mind I don't have Tua in the top 12 in the league you know I I, I even I mean yeah where, where do you what do you think about that
3: tua yeah oh I think he's um, I think he's got I think Miami's got a problem yeah 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 I, I, yeah, I, 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 I I'm Really concerned by how he Man, finished the season. You,
0: we got to start doing this thing at the beginning of every year where we rank the top ten quarterbacks, and then we got to revisit it. Oh, this no week, question. Every year, That's every 100%. we got to do this. Yeah,
3: well, because, I mean, because the dude, list Jalen is so Hurst, different.
2: Jalen Hurts was fourth yeah. going into the season; he may be fourteenth now. Yeah, yeah. In most of our minds. And
3: I know we're soured from how the playoff game went, but Dak Prescott went from like. 14th on most people th- right around there. He, no one had him in the top 10. I mean, right. you're talking about two and guys was, right there that
0: were talking about MVP votes. Right, right, right. Correct. A month ago.
3: Yeah, and obviously C.J. Stroud was, <laughs> has been stratospheric in, in his rise up. um, it, It's incredible. Dane Brugler did a two-round mock draft today. I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, he's got Caleb over Drake May. Caleb won Drake May 2. Does that make mm-hmm. sense to yeah. you? Yep. He's got Jaden Daniels going eighth mm-hmm. to Atlanta. Does mm-hmm. that sound
0: about right? Yep. He's got McCarthy going
3: nineteenth.
2: He's the fourth guy. Yeah,
0: that's going to be a tough one for him. He he he. If he he's, he's, if he does what I'm hearing, he's going to do at the combine, it could happen. I, I'm hearing the kid is an absolute freak athletically. Um, he's really? Just, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard he's going to run four or five.
2: Really? Because yeah. see, to me, he looks like Mac Jones. Good player, smart player. On a great team, mm-hmm. that I would I would get in Mac Jones went on an eighteenth. He went eighteenth, so I mean and that's he's, what I see.
3: He's got Bow thirty fourth. See, overall. I would flip those. Okay. Yeah, I would yeah. Too. That that's the only, that's what I was thinking when you said. Him. And then he's got Penix forty fourth, so middle of the. Yeah, I told yeah
0: I told somebody the other day that I thought Penix would ultimately settle late second, early third. Um. But I also, I I mean, I don't, I know so little about the guy. But I'm pretty sure that Bo Nix is going to be a first round guy. Like when you really go back and look at some of the throws that he's made the last couple years, and the way he just handles himself in the football game, it's going to be hard to let that guy slip past 25.
3: Having gone through it with Anthony last year, what would be your advice to these quarterbacks that, and 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 their teams that are handling it? Is there, you know, what what? Yeah, you meet with that. well,
0: the the. It's such a long journey, and a lot of it's so, why are we doing this? Even on our side, it's like, why are we really doing this? This isn't getting us better. That You really do have to take that take-every-day approach to it, but the other thing that a lot of guys mess up with is you talk to every single team that you can, because those are reps, and you're going to be a free agent in four years, and whatever you say there is going to be remembered, and you don't know who's talking to who GM-wise and – so, I think the biggest thing is you got to lock in for these three months, forget everything you've done in the past, be confident about who you are now and the way that you answer questions. And you're not too good for anybody right now. You, you talk to everybody, media included, by the way. It's not a distraction, but you make yourself available.
2: We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, the, one more segment with Danny. I want to talk about the four guys or the eight guys still standing and what a lot of them have in common. That's next day with us.
1: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941.
0: I actually like it now. I'm going to try that. Little I actually little reverse like psychology. It. Yeah. I look forward to this every uh, week.
2: Oh, the quarterback whisper with careless. <laughs> whisper. <laughs> it's just tremendous moments. I uh, it may or may not be my favorite moment of the week every week, so there's that. All right. There's there's eight quarterbacks standing right. in the NFL. Okay. None are 30. Wow. Zero. There's eight quarterbacks standing that are twenty-nine or younger. Eight. Okay. Of the eight, Josh Allen is six foot five. There's not another guy standing that's over six foot three, mm. but all of them can move. Yep. So you got eight guys, twenty nine and under. You got seven of the eight guys who are six three or under and can move. And Josh Allen may be faster than any of them. By the
0: way, probably is. Well, um, not Lamar. But yeah, yeah. well,
2: but, okay, but so yeah. we'll is give that Lamar? What, that one, right? Young, yeah. athletic. Shorter guys. Now, is this just a one-off? Am I am I reading into this? No. I, what do you I, make of this?
0: I actually didn't think about that till you just said it. But what's going through my mind right now is all these guys—they're really twitchy. They're sudden. All of them. Very sudden athletes, uh, which is way more important right now than being six-five in today's game. It's the ability to to read something and to be short enough in your mechanics that you can act quickly at it. Um, and so that's why I think now you're seeing the game favor. I tell people all the time. I think six two and a half, six three is perfect. If I was designing a quarterback, six two and a half, six three that moves fluidly, that's that's where I would start. Well,
2: that's what that's what's standing. Yeah, a, the, the, a young young twitchy six two six three guys. Hey, other than Josh Allen, that's who's playing right now.
0: Yeah, no doubt
3: about it. I golf is is that was an incredible scene. It was by far the best game of the uh, opening weekend, wild card weekend. When you watch him, what stands out, and and how important is it that in those situations,
0: they're calling passes for him? I, I it's so funny you say that because I was telling my son we're watching the game, thought Matt Stafford made some throws that looked like he was twenty four years old, and about third quarter I look at Walker and I'm like, why are we not saying the same thing about golf? Because he's making the exact same throws. Is he good? Like, are we just got in our head that he's not good? But all of a sudden you look up and he is a top ten quarterback, and he may be. I just don't think he is as. He doesn't do it with the flair that some other guys do it with, but he's just consistent. And I love Mark Brunell, so I try to watch as many of their games as I can. Um, and I've actually enjoyed watching them. They're a fun offense, and he makes it go. I it, I don't think he's a liability. By the way, when you're reading that list, am I the only one that thinks that Lamar Jackson has been in the league for 10 years? It
3: seems like, oh, it's it amazing. Seems like
2: forever. It does. I agree with you. Well, I, agree. I was
0: shocked that Goff isn't yeah, 30.
2: Yeah, yeah. But it, it yeah. does feel like they've and – I, and I will tell you <laughs> – if I could rank what order I'd want those guys in, that for my team, I'd try, if i right now, if I could have a go, Mahomes would be first on about all of our lists. I don't know, Lamar wouldn't be second. Mm, yeah, no. I, I, yeah. I mean, I just gosh, he's a good player. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I mean. So if I had to rank them as far as who would I want of, of the of the eight. They're all good, by the way. Well, if I mean, you're going to
0: design an offense, that's the two that you would. Yeah, you would get to. Right. I mean, you could do anything with either one of those guys. I mean,
2: CJ Stroud's playing great, and Josh Allen's playing great. But I'm telling you, Denny, after Mahomes, I think Lamar Jackson, in my mind, has got. Now he's got to prove it in the postseason. I know that, but I think he's gotten that uh, good.
0: No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, he, there's not a weakness to his game the way there was before. Right. There's not. He's not a strong short game thrower, but he's not a weak short game thrower. Right. Um, I, I think it's interesting. Like you're going through that list of guys, and you have Josh Allen, who's this big, like so talented guy, and Patrick Mahomes, who can do anything he wants to with his body, and Lamar, and then you got Brock and Jared Goff, right? right? Guys who are just as twitchy, but they don't—they look different doing it. And right. and maybe the two best teams in the league right now playing. Yeah. I think them two in Baltimore, right?
2: Yeah.
0: What's the book on Jordan Love? I'm obsessed with him. I've been consistent. I've been telling you all this since week one. I'm obsessed with this guy. I, I Watching him, he should pay 10% of his career earnings to Aaron Rodgers. Like, without question. He should send him a check. It is unbelievable to see how he scraped every single thing he could from Aaron Rodgers, and they look identical playing the game. I, I didn't think I would see it again, and I'm sitting here watching it. So, Good job, Green Bay. Um, great job, Aaron Rodgers, but Jordan Love, man, I, I he's one of my favorite guys to watch now.
2: So I have, like all of us, been around, covered high school football, love watching high school football. We've all been around high school football. You coached high school football, Denny. We've all been around. High, we all who doesn't love high school football? But high school football, Denny, forever. The quarterback is the best athlete on the team. He's also the point guard and the mm-hmm. shortstop. Okay, mm-hmm. it's always that's always that's the, but he never makes it in the NFL because the NFL is always a six foot five, two hundred and twenty five pound guy that drops back and has a rifle arm well now these guys that's that guy it's the guy Mm -hmm. that was a starting quarterback in high school and then went to be a point guard and then went to be the starting shortstop or center field right yeah yeah So is is this because well i got some more questions but answer that because i I got a follow-up
0: yes i know exactly where you're going and you're exactly on um we're giving more responsibilities to younger athletes and that's being a quarterback. Because if I think back to that's the teams that the I've coached, and that I've even I'll forget coach that I was on, yeah. the reason I played quarterback is I was the best thrower who wasn't an elite athlete. Because if I was elite, right. I'd have been playing running back, right? Or I'd have been playing outside right. linebacker. Right. But then. I was the guy that could hand it to the elite guys, and I could get it to them. Yeah. Now I wouldn't have played quarterback because one of those guys
2: would have. That's a, that's the great point. That, yeah. They, they will and. And I'll take it one step further. Tell me if I'm right about this. I mean, you described it perfectly. The guy that would have played running back then, and you'd have handed it to him, would have been the quarterback now. Beyond that, Denny, I think because of these seven on seven and they're getting so much coaching from people like you, mm-hmm. that now they know how to do quarterback things it's more just reps. more
0: more than they ever have. Right? It's just reps, and I, you know, it's funny because I think we're all like this in every vocation we're in. But I think I look at the way that I was teaching and talking to kids even three years ago, and I was an idiot. And, but that's all part of this development thing is I've gotten more wisdom the last couple of years because I've been around more successful people that now I can pass on, and it's not anything I'm not breaking ground, it's just they're they're hearing it at a younger age, things that I never heard, right, and so that's just part of development, human development, and they're getting that from four or five different places at a very young age
3: and the n f l has really finally fully embraced the concepts offensively that came up from the high school level 20 years ago, and then they made their way to college 10, 15 years ago. And now it's almost, I mean, it's, it's to the point where, we were talking about this earlier in the show, it, it makes it easier for these guys to get acclimated. You're not seeing quarterbacks at the senior bowl that are taking snaps under center, and the GMs and coaches like, these guys are dropping
0: the ball.
2: They, you know, yeah, How, how yeah. can they
0: be expected? Well, they don't ask them to do that anymore. We're yelling for our quarterbacks to get under center now. Right, right. They're taking shotgun snaps from the one now. Right. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And even this new coaching tree, the McVay, McDaniel, all these guys, they're taking it a step further, and they're now doing the, the, the eye misdirection motions and shifts, and it looks very similar to what Urban Meyer was doing at Florida in 2008. Right. And so it's just made that full transition. You throw in the RPO game, it's tough to stop. That with the rules.
2: How, uh, how high on this list is C.J. Stroud going? Oh, my gosh. Is he going to be the best quarterback in the league in two years? Oh, my gosh. Possible, right? Uh, yeah,
0: if it wasn't for that guy in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, uh,
2: That's a good point. If it wasn't for Mahomes, C.J. Stroud in two years could be the best quarterback he could be. in the league, couldn't
0: he? He could be. He's every week he's making throws that just I jump out of my seat when he makes it. It's, it's, it's not even arm strength throws. He's making them look so easy, and they're complicated throws. They're hard throws. They're throws that you have to trust other people in. And to be doing that your first year in the playoffs? That's that's advanced.
2: Yeah, that's a good description of him. Hazy makes everything look easy. There's not going to be a counterpunch to him,
3: is there? We're not going to be talking about a sophomore slump with CJ Stroud. He could get hurt or something. Well, I don't think so, but because
0: I, if you watch him, he's throwing to spots, man. He's not throwing to people. People are running into where he's throwing. And um, it's hard to defend that. They, they say there's no defense for the perfect ball. Well, every defense has a grass of green. And if you're a quarterback that you can process, I've got a guy going to that spot in this time and I trust it and I put it out
2: there, it's Peyton Manning. That's what Peyton did forever. Final thing before we let you go a couple more minutes. Um, What do you want if you're his personal coach? What is Trevor working on in this offseason?
0: That's a really good question. Um, and you're a Trevor guy like I am. Yeah. We're all yeah, Trevor yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. But I
2: mean, they're, they're, everyone's got to work on something.
0: Yeah. I, I, I. I would like to see him get his feet a little bit more in the ground, um, play a little bit more attached to the ground at the top of his drop, and that's just me watching. I haven't dug into Trevor's yeah. film or anything. Yeah, that's fair. Um, because there's a sequence that your throw comes to, and largely if you can stay in that sequence, your mechanics will largely stay correct. And so the important thing is to stay in that sequence. The first thing in that sequence is the hip, right? The hip's got to go first into front foot. And so, if I'm not loaded in the correct way, or if I'm not lined up the right way, it's really hard for me to be mechanically good. Um, and he's a guy that needs to get his feet there. C.J. doesn't, but but he needs to get his feet there. So I would probably start with the basics like that. And he knows how to throw the football. It's just, hey, man, let's let's open up a little bit. Let's get our feet a little bit. Let's play with the base a little bit, and then you just take it from there. Um, and and he'll figure that out.
3: If Florida, we were talking about this earlier in the show too, and I'm curious to get your thoughts because I know you do the. Gators podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Award winning. Award winning. Absolutely. By far oh, the best Gators podcast. Was. The Emmys yeah. were last night. I yeah. yeah, you guys It's already out. good,
2: but you add, yeah. if you would add that Careless Whisper song. <laughs> <way>. Go ahead. <laughs> um, if, uh,
3: if it doesn't work out with Napier, do you have a guy, a coach, that you feel particularly strongly about? How do you think the search should go? I,
0: I don't, and the only reason why I don't is because I don't know what college football is going to be this time next year. Uh, We could be heading into a time where there are general managers, legit general managers in the college football level. And there's going to be a time where there's power struggles between there's going to be the AD, there's going to be the GM, there's going to be the head coach. Like I, I, I don't see any way around that because we're recruiting, we're scouting other teams now, 130 other teams, probably 200 other teams by the time you get done with Division II. So I don't know what that job description looks like anymore. And I think that's probably a reason why you're seeing so many guys kind of take a step away is the job description's changing. But if I'm Florida, I cannot get away from my identity, which is offensive football. Like you're the state of Florida. You've got to stay offensive football. You've got to stay groundbreaking with it. We've had good defenses at Florida. You even had a coach that you said checked every box and you still fired him and will Muschamp. The state of Florida is all about offense. Like you've got to you, – that's where you start. Who's got the best offensive mind of the game? Start there. Should Florida start to embrace and in colleges in general the hiring
3: NFL coaches? If they can, I don't know many NFL coaches that want to go there. Well, I'm not like a sitting. I'm not saying Mike McDaniel's leaving the Dolphins to mm-hmm. coach the Gators, but but do you look at it, whether it's a NFL head coach that just recently lost their jobs, out of work, or NFL OC? Do you start? I
0: don't think so. I I I think. There will be a place for those guys. I don't think it's gonna be the head coach. The head coach is gonna be the recruiting guy. The GM is gonna be the CEO. Like that's the way I see this thing playing out. And I may be dead wrong. It's just kind of what I'm gathering here.
2: Some people say that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I just think that's the way. It's going. There's Did too you, much money in
3: it. Do you know the Flor The Florida just hired the Texas A&M guy that I guess was with Jimbo, the general manager. Okay. Yep. Are you familiar with no?
0: That at all? No, I haven't. I haven't come out of a cocoon in the last week. I didn't know they hired him.
2: The The question, Danny, would be to Hayes' question. We talked about this. If Napier doesn't work out, is it does Florida go to the B list they've been going to? Leopold, Kleiman, Matt Campbell, or do they take a or do they have a shot at James Franklin, Lincoln Riley, Lane Kiffin the A list? See, they've been hiring the B list. James guy. Franklin's on that A list. Yeah, well, well, I, 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 I'm putting him on it. But yeah, he's I got you. Not, but, but whether it's the A list or the B list, and maybe Franklin's not on the. Yeah, A-list, I mean, my, I my point you, is, you gotta, do, they, do they can they get the A list guy because they've been hiring the B list guy.
0: I I think you have to. Yeah. I, I don't think if you're the University of Florida, you can even have a B-list. I, yeah. I think you yeah, got to be Isn't that either, who they've been hiring? Absolutely. Yeah, you no, yeah. absolutely. Muschamp yeah.
3: was B-list. Yeah. McIlwain definitely no, the, was yeah. B-list. The, the money's Mullen insane.
0: Was, if you've got to go give Lane Kiffin 15 mil, then, then go give it a try. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I mean, I'm really – that. If I, I hope Napier makes it. But if he doesn't, I think the question is which list. Because they've been hiring off the B-list and it hasn't worked. Steve Spurrier was A-list. Ron Zook was B-list. Urban Meyer was A-list. The A-list guy was Ward. Now again, I've got a different feeling about Zook. I don't think Zook got a chance. That's my my opinion. But nonetheless, but it's been B-list guy ever since. It really has. No been. doubt about it's it. It's been B-list guy ever since. So I. Uh, so really, even it?
3: Urban, you could argue, kind of was B-list. Yeah, but he was hot, he, he, was, the he was the hottest coach. Everybody yeah. was excited about Urban. Everyone though, right? was excited, yeah. but it's not like he was right. had right. been at Notre Dame right. for twelve years right. and I, was their all-time. You know, like as LA. a
0: fan, I don't think I've ever been so certain of anything in my life when they hired Urban. Like, oh, right. this guy is a No, I I agree. But I know on paper you mean, he was the Utah coach. There's not that guy though. Yeah. I don't know who that guy is. I don't well, that's know. That's why that it that was so
3: incredible. Is. LSU gets Brian Kelly and USC gets Lincoln Riley. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Can you get uh drinkwits? I see I he think that's that intriguing.
2: Good. Well he's a B list guy, but he may be a really good B list But he's not a B
3: list
0: guy if they go and win ten games
2: right, right. again. Well, go, well, go, to, right.
0: go talk to college coaches. They love him, huh? Love him. Like, I mean, say that his teams are some of the best coach teams in the country.
2: I believe it. Denny Thompson talking quarterbacks. Nice work, Denny. Thanks, buddy. Uh, one segment to go. We'll wrap it up. Say hello to the ladies from Helmets and Eels
1: after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnick, your friends in the car business since 1941.
2: Where is she right now? Beverly Hills. How old is she right now? How old is Deborah Fulton right now? 32. <laughs> In
3: perfect, my mind. Perfect dancer <laughs> at the <laughs>
2: oldest. <Yeah. laughs> oh, God bless uh, Deborah Fulton. Did
3: you uh, see uh, Christina Applegate last night come out at the Emmys and get a standing ovation? You know, she's gone through a lot of... Medical issues. I knew and that,
2: but I did not see that. No. Yeah,
3: she's uh, she gave a a really, you know, she obviously was really touched by the reaction and. Right. Oh, uh, I didn't see that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was a it was a cool scene, but yeah, Deborah Forman,
2: 61.
3: 61.
2: still younger than me. Yeah. Just saying, know oh, that. God bless her. God bless her soul. And God bless America that she's been here. Okay? Oh, it's just. just, there's, there's just that. So hot. <laughs> um. By the way, Gators are not doing so well against the Tennessee Volunteers. This one guy's really good. This guy. Oh yeah. How did I not know? You told. How did I know little about this guy? Yeah, What's he's his name?
3: Nect, I think. Uh we don't, we don't have the audio on, so yeah. I. Uh, he's but, got uh, about
2: forty in the first half, by the way. Yeah, he
3: averages seventeen and a half. He was a, he's a grad transfer from Northern Colorado, the and guy. the Tennessee media has been saying he can score from anywhere on the court. Oh. He's just an unbelievable player. I I don't know what he's got. I mean, Tennessee's killing Florida. They're yeah, up 34-19. Yes,
2: 34-19, and it's. And watching it, watching it, it doesn't feel that close, right? Does it? I mean, it's thirty-four nine. I had a hunch. Like I told you, before I did Florida. Had, I had no chance. I'm either.
3: surprised it's this. I'm surprised Florida looks like they're on their way to just getting absolutely yeah. trounced.
2: Yeah, they, it's, it's real. It's really interesting. Yeah, and, and but Tennessee, they were going to match up very badly against them because the only team, the teams Florida is going to be able to beat is the teams they can out physical. By the way, oh, this guy's unbelievable. He's Larry Bird. I mean, it really <laughs> is like this guy. This guy next, he, he, he's like Larry Bird. He plays like Larry Bird. He's making threes. He's he looks like he's 6'10", 6'11", something like that, right? Yeah. And so I uh, yeah, thirty six thirty <laughs> six twenty two. So we'll we'll update you a little bit as we go. Speaking of basketball, by the way, I'm looking forward to it. Hayes, we'll be at Ju this week. We were at UNF last week. Love going out and seeing the uh, uh, local teams play. We'll be at that River House. Which I'm looking forward love to. Love the River House. Yeah, we love we love the Liver River House. So we'll be out there. That is on Thursday, and hope you're going out to see the Dolphins play. Uh, we saw a terrific game between UNF and Ju. That was one uh, week ago. We talked about a bunch of different things. A lot of the quarterback stuff today. Uh, but I, but I did think about this. The co- the reason the coaching thing, I came. We'll talk more about this as we move forward. Georgia is set with his coach. It's national championship. It's dual national championship winning coach in Kirby Smart, and they're set with him for. 20 25 more years. years yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he's, he's I mean, no telling how many. He might go down as the most legendary coach of all time. He could. Because, I mean, Particularly again, where the sport's headed. You know, Saban's got seven titles. He's got two, so he's got some work to do. Sure. But he's certainly going to be one of the most uh, legendary coaches. And maybe
3: it's a little harder in the 12-team playoff, even though you're going to have most years George yeah. will have the bye. Right. Uh, now it probably gets him in in a down year right. where he loses two or three. He's still in, and then maybe that team can go win it. So maybe there's a there's a trade off there for him.
2: And the other part, and and FSU, I think, set for a long time. I don't think Mike Norvell is going anywhere. I'm not saying it's a Bowden like run, but I I think, look, I mean, he, where, who do you leave? What college job do you really leave FSU for? I'm not talking about Jimbo, who was always whining and always right. unhappy, and they never could do enough for him. And this guy isn't like that. Right. Mike Norvell is not like Jimbo, who you can't do enough for me, and why aren't we more like the SEC and why don't we have this and why don't we have that? So I don't think FSU's losing their guy anytime soon either.
3: I wouldn't think the conference affiliation is will be interesting to see how that irons out. I, I don't believe he was offered the Alabama job. I don't either. So I don't either uh, you know, that take that for what it's worth. Um, but uh, you know, but I, I think he did a magnificent job and, and Jimmy Sexton did a magnificent job of leveraging right. Alabama's possible interest. And getting him uh, and, and look, that's not a shot at FSU. You got to pay him. Right. I mean, you, you got you, you've got to honor that leverage. and so they did the right thing. Um, so I, I, I don't think Mike Norvell leaves for uh, another college job. I mean, there's nothing that that I see now now if like Sark goes to coach the Cowboys in three years. in uh, Texas opens and calls. do you go to Texas? Maybe. You know, if DeBoer fails uh, and Alabama really does offer you the job, do you take it? Maybe. But, no, I, th- I think FSU should feel really good about it. And particularly if they end up getting out of the grant rights and they get into the Big Ten or SEC, right, right. then there's really no need to ever leave FSU because, to their credit, they've, they've proven they will pay him top dollar. So, uh, I mean, how many coaches are making $10 million per now? It's not very many. Five or six, right? That's not and, many, and not he's many. one of them. That's right, and so
2: and again, the the next wave will get that. Cause yeah, the, wave the next will, wave will get twelve. Yeah, but. but but no, I I agree. So I think he's there for a while. So which which means one of the reasons there's more pressure on Miami and Florida to get that to get it right. I mean I mean I mean Florida hopes Billy Napier's right. Miami really hopes Cristobal's right because he's their guy. He went there. He's from there, and and they've they've cycled through even more. So. uh and they haven't had success nearly as recently as Florida has. Florida, at least at least 15 years ago, Florida was winning national championships. Right. Miami has been a long time. You know, it's been longer than that. So, so it the whole thing will be interesting to see. The Knolls are set. The Dogs are set. Uh, what's going to wind up happening with the Gators? It's a really, really we, we talk so much about the Jags, the Gators, and the Knolls around here, but of all three teams, the stories are so fascinating. I mean, really, the stories are so uh, the the Jags. I, again, I think they're in their window. I think they think they're in their window. I think that's why they were so proactive and so quickly proactive with defensive coordinator and the entire defensive staff. The Trevor Lawrences of the world don't come along very often. He's, don't lose sight of how good he is no matter how many struggles they had. Uh, the, the receiving room, the running back room, the linebacker room, the secondary. It's a good group. And so I think they're, so. that's why they're so fascinating. Florida State's fascinating because they, they might be back. It's, I wasn't sure they were back, Hayes. Until I saw this this portal class now, now I think there's a pretty good chance they're back, which leaves Florida to try and keep up. I think that's what makes what makes that story so intriguing is they got to keep up with these other teams we talk about. That's what makes it an intriguing story.
3: Well, the other thing too that I think is really interesting, do you think it's harder to if you're not good in college football, is it harder to build it back now in an Nil and portal world than it would have been? 15, 20
2: years ago? Well, yeah, because there's more people in the game. Ole Miss wasn't in the game 20 years ago. Right. You know, I mean, Clemson wasn't in the game 20 years ago. There's more teams now. Missouri wasn't in the game 20 years ago. Now it's with everybody on TV all the time. Everybody has money. Everybody has money all the time. So the way it works now is it's, it's, there's, too many, there's too many suitors. I mean, again, Florida's getting out recruited on this, in this portal thing on a regular basis by the University of Mississippi. I promise you in my lifetime, there's never been a time in my lifetime when the University of Mississippi had a better football program than Florida. Will they do now. That I mean, in my lifetime, it's never happened. I'm 65 years old, and they've never been a time, I say my lifetime, when I could follow it. Right. Maybe when Johnny Vaught was there and I was five or six years old. Yeah. But, I mean, since I was able, since in the late 60s, when I've been old enough to pay attention, Ole Miss has never had a better program, been a better, more prominent program than the University of Florida. And it's hard to argue that it isn't uh, is it right now.
3: That's the thing because that I think it is harder to build it back. And, and, again, it's something to consider if you're Florida and you're evaluating Billy Napier is do you have to give coaches more time because of the world that they're operating in? And I'm not endorsing that. I'm just saying
2: but you have I think, to think you have to
3: consider it. it because of of everything. I mean, again, 10 years ago, you weren't going to lose two of your core players. Correct. You would have had ETN and you and and princely would have either gone into the draft or he would have returned to florida right you wouldn't have been facing him the next year that's right uh, so it it is one of those things that i think it i think it works both ways i think if you're if you're excellent in college football i think it's harder to stay excellent because there's the the sport is going to start having more parity because there's so many teams that have millions of dollars that can offer players uh, through nil but i think in terms of trying to build it it's way harder now
2: and what part that you just hit on something i hadn't thought about till you just said it the problem now is bad teams can get worse more easily because the good players leave see if you had a bad team back in the day you wouldn't necessarily get worse because your guys had to stay but now now you can you it's easier to get worse because your bad players He'd go to Georgia. Well, look
3: at like when – Are a good players to leave a bad team? When Florida went from Zook to Meyer, like so they hire Urban right. Meyer. Well, in today's climate, you might have had Bubba Caldwell Correct. and Jarvis Moss and Chris left. Leak right. say, yeah. I'm not sticking around. I, was, I'm I, gonna, I came to play for this guy. I'm going to go to USC.
2: That's exactly right because I came to play for this guy. Right. Now they – back then they couldn't leave. Right. Interesting stuff. All right. Let's say hello to Taylor all.
0: Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit
2: tireoutlet.com careers, equal opportunity employer. You know what I heard last night? What did you hear? I'm, ser- I'm being serious about this. Okay. That uh, that they are. Well, you stop laughing. I'm trying to be serious. with Taylor. I'm talking- <laughs> Stay out of this. Taylor I'm and I having now. a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what he's like. That's- <laughs> I got to deal with that. I don't even it's like, like him. Like, okay? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't particularly like the guy. Um, that they are going to keep. Fields, mm-hmm. and trade the pick from somebody that. who would know. Oh, I can't tell you who, but I'll tell you off the air who, but I can tell you okay. somebody that would know.
5: I, I'm hearing everything. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've truly heard that they're dr- they're going Caleb Williams or Drake May. I've heard they are keeping Justin, well, but will trade for, uh, or will draft one of the other quarterbacks a little later. I've heard they're full on today. They ha- They interviewed Greg Roman, so a lot of people think that is correlated to they want to keep Justin yeah. because he's
1: Running has, guy. yeah, Running run for guy.
5: That guy. Uh, so we'll. <laughs> I truly have no idea. Okay. Um, we'll find out. I'll, I'll probably find out with the rest of you. But uh, I. I tweeted the other day. As much as I love Fields, it, it's definitely a situation where it's like it's not bad. I mean, there's teams right now who would take Justin Fields in a heartbeat, and there's teams who would love to have the f- number one overall pick. And we have both, and we don't have the number one pick because we sucked that bad. We have it because of Carolina. So
2: who's going to Super Bowl? The eight that are left. Um. Right now.
5: I will say Ravens Niners,
2: uh, that, and, they, and they right now are the two best teams, aren't they? So
5: that's why I say that. But this, I feel like what we saw this last weekend, uh, there's going. I feel like we could see some surprises. There's some teams playing really well. Um, obviously, Jordan Love and the Packers look like they are really good in their groove. Uh, Tampa Bay and the Bucks. I, I don't know if anybody preseason would have thought that Baker Mayfield would be leading the Bucks the way that he I is know. right now, but he is. So who knows? I mean, I guess it's a f- if you're not in the playoffs, this is the type of playoffs you want where there are some surprising teams coming up to give you a little hope.
2: What's coming up tonight?
5: Uh, we have a lot. We're going to talk about all of those games that happened this last weekend. Pick, uh, look, take a little look ahead at some of the players we think should impact this uh, next round in the playoffs. We also have a guest on today, Erin uh, Tracy. She is part of Fourth and Gold, and they are uh, they they help raise money that goes to childhood cancer research um, and finding the cure for childhood cancer or cancer in general. Um, she's part of Wilson's Children's Hospital, but they have a, flip, a kickball tournament coming up, actually, to help raise money for this foundation. So we're going to have her on tonight to talk about kickball, to talk about what they do at Fourth and Gold and all of that. But, yeah, lots of NFL, too.
2: Sounds good. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you. Taylor, me and Lauren, they have it coming up in just a bit. Gators down 36-24, down 12 at the break. Can they come back? No, they cannot. On the banks of the Tennessee River I think, with the snow outside. I think it's going to be really, really, really tricky. I don't like this. What about you? Uh, I think they're <laughs> – I, I told you before, I thought they were going to get killed, so I'm not all that surprised. I'm telling you, I didn't realize Larry Bird played this combination yeah. of Larry Bird and Dirk. It's unbelievable, right. this guy. Oh, it's, it's I don't know crazy. What he's, I don't know what he's got at the half. Yeah. This guy. I think it's 53. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable uh, how good this guy
3: is. RJ, let's hit some uh, takeaways real quick.
0: Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years.
3: My takeaway is what we were talking about earlier about the Jaguars. What's the move you would make? Frank, you had some outstanding thoughts on interior, offensive, defensive line. For me, the first thing the Jaguars need to do, re-sign Josh Allen. Get that done. Don't tag him. Go ahead and start the offseason off on the right foot and reward Josh Allen by signing him to a lucrative contract extension.
2: All right, fair enough. By the way, Dalton Neck, is that his name? Yes. He's got 22 at the half. They're up 44-32. he missed? I haven't seen him miss. They're up 44-32 on Florida, up 12. This one guy's got 22 points. I'm telling you, he's Dirk and Bird all rolled into one. I've never seen this guy. That's why Tennessee's so good. Folks, that'll do it. Don't go anywhere, though. The ladies are up right now, helmets and heels with... Lauren, Mia, and Taylor comes up right now. We're out of here. See you tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. For Hayes, Lauren, and RJ, I'm Frank Francis. Hold on.